so Finn can't help notice that that you've shaved. Why is that? I was doing a running race last week, and I I just really wanted to make sure I was as aerodynamic as possible. <laughs> Now, I, I, I did win, so it, it worked. <laughs> By how much did you win? Uh, like half a second. And do you think that half a yeah, second Yeah, I, I think was that was entirely, entirely due to uh, being de-bearded. <laughs> de-bearded. Yeah. Is that... Oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome to Shine Sound. We're a reaction YouTube channel where we check out the biggest fails in all of cinema. Bah, bah, bah. You ever want to see a film that got real messed up? That's right. It's your boy, Yutha Shai, and with me... I'm actually not part of the reaction channel. I'm, I'm only doing unboxing videos, <laughs> but we only have one webcam, yeah. so we, we have to make our videos at the same time, my name's Finn Sound Nicholas, uh, and we, uh, today I'm going to be unboxing uh, the movie Justice League. We only have one webcam at one cyber cafe, and mm. together we have to pool our resources uh, to get access to that one computer, and that's why we have to record them at the same time, because we've only got half an hour every week in which we are able to record video. Yeah, we try to move into what, one of those like YouTuber mentions, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like... Uh, YouTuber we, mentions? Uh, thanks. 2015 it's all about tiktok houses what about like the hype house i don't know what that is it's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> i mean it sounds bad oh um there are many good think pieces out there your boys <laughs> listening um uh like interviewing the people who live in these tiktok houses uh, and it is you know how bojack horseman makes you feel that's what these articles will make you feel about TikTok houses, right? Hey, like, oh. uh, are, are there any, uh, yeah. are there any uh, good think pieces about uh, about like people uh, uh, taking stuff out of boxes? Because uh, I think I think there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, and oh. that's a video for this week. Remember to smash <laughs> that like button, leave a comment, hit the bell, and remember, oh, uh, taking stuff out of boxes is. <laughs> Uh, fun and cool. Yeah, and if you want to see uh, big movie fails, there's only one place to go. It's Shite and Sound, my YouTube channel, even though your name is in the title of yep. it. I think we can both agree. We didn't put a whole lot into like branding ourselves when we started our one uh, YouTube channel, which is two YouTube channels. <laughs> I like putting a swear word in the title, meaning that... Uh, a lot of the time, it's quite hard to search for shite well, and sound. The, the, the sort of problem is that, like, shite is only a swear word if if you're, like, an English person from the 1960s, or if you're an American and just believe that everything's a swear word, like Americans do. Or a, or an but, algorithm that sees the word well, shit. Well, yes, but, well, but also, like, they're like algorithm, the algorithms are made by Americans who think that everything's a swear word. That's true. What is your favourite American swear word? It's a swear word that's fine in the rest of the world. Hell. People think that hell is a swear word in America, or like, damn. Like, what are you, fucking four years old? My Grow up, say cunt. <laughs> say cunt, you fucking losers. Uh, my favourite word that the Americans think is a swear word is mm, healthcare. <laughs> oh! Americans, if you, if you are listening, I hope you are heavily rethinking it. Uh, I can't believe that I'm the first person to notice America's dysfunctional relationship yeah, with the health like, of its citizens. So, 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 none of your elected officials have ever noticed. <laughs> well, 
Bill's uh, <laughs> one guy, well, a little guy called Jesus. Well, no. the first president of America. Now, okay, we're in uh, the satire zone. Accessing satire. Now, recently on our end, when we're in the recommendation cave, we have Echo on. What do we have for the satire zone? I'll we'll find out together when we listen to this. So my my pitch for for the sound for the satire zone is uh, is the sound of Bill Maher laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> and someone has to. Um, I just cannot comprehend any. No one likes Bill. Like so, like my my, my who is Bill Maher's audience? Like I mean, like it, it was me when I was like thirteen. <sighs> Yeah, that makes sense. But, but I mean, like, I think he was less shit then. My yeah, my first interaction with him was um, I reviewed Religious, uh, and 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 as at then mm. like a pretty recent, you know, atheist yeah. and skeptic. Even then, I saw that film and was like, "Come on, mate, <laughs> calm down." <laughs> Um, but so while we're in this uh, the satire zone, I just uh, uh, recently uh, we are still recording these uh, in quite a bit ahead of time because um, I've got to go down to Wellington for the season of the Witching Hours at Bats Halloween week. Recently, old DJ Trump himself. Oh, I, I was sure you were going to say DJ Tanner from Full House. <laughs> A show that I've never seen, but my nine-year-old sister has seen every episode of. I, I think um, one of my favourite jokes in pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping is that in the catchphrase verse, one of his catchphrases is, is DJ Tanner. <laughs> um, I know the whole of the catchphrase oh, verse. It's a... It's a oh. Yeah. Turn I up the beef. Mo- I love that movie. That uh, movie's so fucking funny. We're still in the satire corner. <laughs> in the satire zone. That old, sorry, yeah, zone. Old DJ Trump there. Uh, he, he recently came down with the old COVID, and I hope you join me in saying, uh, hope he dies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's be clear. I think the only thing better than him dying would be uh, him and McConnell <laughs> and Graham, and of course, uh, that fly that was on Mike Pence. I'm the, did anyone else see the fly that was on Mike <laughs> Pence at the debate? Any, I feel like oh, I was the only person oh, talking oh, about oh, it. I'll tell you, boys, all the, the fucking writers are saying, oh, I fucking saw it. And they, <laughs> and they said, we've got no jokes about this, but we have to include it anyway. It is. I I remember um, being... I, I, I was on Twitter when uh, David Bowie died in mm. 2016, um, and I was on Twitter when the fly landed on Mike Pence, and those are the only two times where it's just been one topic <laughs> the whole way down. Um, but most, uh, uh, but uh, he got a, uh, and so he went in and he got some a pretty good socialised healthcare, the taxpayers' expense. Well, absolutely. So, uh, uh, the interesting thing is, I think I'm the first person to notice and talk about this. Um, that that was the point I was trying to get to about how irritating people. It's a, oh look the obvious observation. Yeah. Um, so speaking of obvious observations, uh, we watched Eric von Stroheim's Greed open brackets nineteen twenty four and, and Justice League this week open brackets twenty seventeen um, un film de Snyder mm-hmm. um, and that's my intro. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. It's good stuff. Can we just can we take a break before we get to your intro? Sure. And talk about how I did a much better intro for these because this is not. <laughs> um, we are recording on a Monday. 
uh, uh, and normally we record on Fridays, yeah. and so we met last Friday. We watched the first forty minutes of Greed, um, and, and, and I was like, "Oh, I feel a bit weird, and maybe I need to go to the bathroom." I went to the bathroom and, and just had massive vom. Yeah, for, uh, I, I was I was I was sort of like sitting in the living room, and just for five minutes, <laughs> I, I heard I heard the sounds of a David Cronenberg movie happening in another room. Okay, do you want to know a detail that is possibly sharing too much? But I, the night before, I drank quite a lot of cranberry juice, so the initial expungement was red, and it was only when the smell hit me that I wasn't like I'm. <laughs> there were, and which was like a ten. There was like a ten second period where I was like, no, this is a genuine death scenario. Oh, no, but no, I um, I think I just ate something that was a bit off. Yeah. Um, but and so and I think actually when we're looking at uh, the thing that connects these two films, um, is that for good or ill they were uh heavily reworked. Yeah. Work on them was halted for whatever reason, and so I genuinely think that my ex that intro me having to stop us watching the films uh, uh, to, to vomit is a better intro than what we just did. Uh, yeah, probably. I uh, just wanted to put that out here, but now anyway, back on the channel. So, Finn, <laughs> ready to, how, you start every unboxing video the same. I do. Yeah, and, and, did it, and how does it go? Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then followed up with a critically reviled film that is cinema in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we're watching number 87 on the Sight and Sound list, Greed. Eric von Stroheim's treatise on the lure of riches and the frailty of human will. Our second film this week is Justice League. Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, two of the titans of superhero filmmaking, are putting their powers together to create the worst thing either of them have ever done. Think. I mean, look. I know what you're going to say, but I haven't. I haven't seen the Legend of the Guardians of Owls of the Ball. <laughs> so, uh, all of my knowledge of that film as solely comes from the episode of Thirty Rock, where they've clearly been paid to promote it, <laughs> and so they mock it throughout. Good. Um, I know. I I know what I. I think, like, let's... Like, I, I do like the idea of a movie about owls and armor fighting each other. I just yeah. wish that Zack Snyder didn't make it. I I think Justice League is the best of Zack Snyder's Superman films, mm. which is, I want to be clear, all the way up front, is the very definition of a tallest dwarf scenario. Yeah. I'd never seen any of his Superman or yeah. Batman films. Hadn't seen either of them when we started watching Greed on Friday. Yeah. But because we have the extra time, I watched, uh, I just watched uh, uh, Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice uh, last night. So I've now seen all three of these movies in uh, in about a 12-hour period. Uh, and can I say, uh, these movies uh, 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 entirely fucking suck. Yeah. And uh, I... There's, 
there's kind of like one okay moment in each movie, I think, and then but like that's about as far as they go. The, the, these movies uh, uh, are fucking empty, and at the moments when they have any sort of coherent political ideology, uh, they're uh, terrible and uh, yeah. repulsive. There are moments where they're like hinting at trying to say something, and then they'll either have the worst possible way of saying it, or they'll just ignore it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. These movies have like, bad performances from a lot of my favorite actors. Wow. Like, uh, yeah. They've got like, uh, bad performances from, from Amy Adams in all three movies. You've got bad performances from Lawrence Fishburne in all three movies. Yeah. You've got a bad performance from Michael Shannon in Man of Steel. The role of a genocidal maniac alien military general is a role tailor-made for Michael Shannon. And he... Ugh. That's a little preview previously on the DCEU. Um... Which we'll get to in a bit, but first, Finn. Yes. Would you please rate? Okay, let's go. Shite and sound speed round, but for the seven, <laughs> for the seven deadly sins, <laughs> lust. Uh, shite. Sound. Gluttony. More oh, shite. Sound. Sloth. Sound. <laughs> yeah. A sound. Wrath. Ah, oh, sound. Shite. <laughs> <laughs> Envy. Shite. Shite. Yeah. Pride. I mean, in the sense that it is used in the seven deadly sins, it is, I think, shiteful. But uh, I think there are a lot of marginalized groups out there (laughs) that, you know, profess pride. That, you know, sure. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is gay pride. Hooray. Um, uh, let's, let's go and kiss more boys or, you know, anyone, <laughs> just any, I'm so, my lips are so lonely. <laughs> and of course, greed, shite or sound. Uh, shite. Shite. I would call greed the worst sin. Okay. So I did not realize why you were doing that until you got to, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you think we were in a Gira situation? Look, I, I just had... Look, you, you've become unpredictable recently. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a real wild card, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. An element of interest in him. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound like I'm like... Look, Finn. A muffled noise of me putting microphone down. I'm just trying all I can. This podcast's on a respirator. Call the look. Call this podcast Mason Verger. Um. Anyway. Uh. Call this podcast Mason Verger. Yeah, because it's going to be played by a different actor next season. Yeah, it is very funny how both Michael Pitt and actor who replaced Michael Pitt are both just doing Gary Oldman impressions. Okay, right. Um, yeah, no, go. What, they're just doing. They're doing how Gary Oldman was Mason in Hannibal, right, yeah. not the show Hannibal, no, or the book Hannibal, but the movie. Yeah, the movie Hannibal, not Hannibal Rising, no, not Red Dragon, no, not Manhunter. Not Silence of the Hams. Uh, no, none of those. But not, Hannibal. But Hannibal. Directed by... I know. Do you know? I, he really seems like he would direct oh, one of those films. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was Rid- Ridley, it was Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my second favorite, Scott. Yeah. After it, it, Jamie McCrimmon. Is one of them made by Brian Singer? No. I, okay, so my, my, Michael Mann is Manhunter. Yeah. Because it's in the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no. We, I've, have we not discussed in the past how Michael Mann is the name an alien would would give a human? Uh, I think we might have talked about it uh, when, uh, when uh, uh, we might have talked about it when Thomas Harris called into the show last <laughs> week. 
<laughs> threat about how Michael Mann uh, uh, is the human equivalent of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Mann, the one human, directed Manhunter. Jonathan Demi, the only demigod, yep. directed... Um, Sons of the Lambs. Uh, Ridley Scott, the only Scotsman, yep. directed Hannibal... <laughs> directed Hannibal Rising. And of course, Red Dragon was directed by... He directed an X-Men. Yeah, that's why I was saying Brian Singer. No. No, it's, it's the other guy, right? Who, who's the other person? Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner, right. Me too, scumbag. Okay, but did Brian Singer make an X-Men? Brian Singer made X-Men and X2 and Days of Future Puns, yeah. Do you remember uh, there was the brief period of time where people were genuinely trying to bitch that Logan was like a big serious film? As opposed to like a, a fun, hacky B movie. Like, people are like, it's like a real drama. And you're like, no, he just swears. That's all. Well, look, he, he swears. And then at the end, I cry. So at, at, at the end of Logan. Yeah. The, 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 the reason I start crying is because, like, there's his grave. And Wolverine's yeah. dead and it's sad. But then, like, there's, like, a cross on his grave. And I'm like, ugh. He's yeah. not Christian. What the fuck is this? And then, what, then uh, the, the, like, young Wolverine girl, she, like, takes yeah. the cross and turns around. So it's next. Lyra. Yeah. From, um. And, and I, I was like, I, I like that moment a lot. And also, I, I, I only cry at children's movies. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the the only okay. movies I, I like I cried are like uh, the the Iron Giant, Coco, uh, most Miyazaki movies. Oh, I mean, like that's a given. I am yeah no, I'm trying to like counting Bill and Ted Face the Music yeah. as a children's film, which it <laughs> essentially is. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. like uh, 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 um, I'm trying to think of the last adult film I cried in. I think if I was in the right headspace, I'd cry at The Invisible Man. Okay. Uh, because it, it's very upsetting. Um, I, uh, I rewatched Children of Men recently, and that reminded me of how much that that ending made me cry the first time I oh, saw yeah. it. Uh, I, I I like tear up at the end of the apartment, but I don't like full on sob yeah. like I do at the end of like The Wind Rises or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, not like I, and and also the like other the the other thing that uh, they like gets me like close to crying yeah. is uh, 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 is every time I'm watching stop making sense. Uh, you 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 you'd, you'd think it would be like uh, you'd think it would be like cross and painless for final song or it would be uh, or it would be naive melody. Yeah, but the, the thing that fucking gets me every time is uh, 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 is David Byrne playing Psycho Killer. I don't know. I don't know why, but like every time I watch Stop Making Sense, but like by the end of Psycho Killer, I'm I'm on the verge of tears. Just I, I think that that performance is so incredible. It, that, like far be it from a film podcast to explain why Stop Making <laughs> yeah. Sense is brilliant, even yeah, though it that, just, that's what every film podcast is. About. But it just empirically is. Yeah. But like that opening performance of of Psycho Killer is. Uh, yeah, a peak of the cinematic art yeah. form, and like the, I don't, I don't know much about live musical performance, but it is just like, and like st- even just in the shadows, the foot, the face, <laughs> the tape running around, the timing, um, I yeah, I don't think I've cried in an adult film in a very long time. I mean, like not an like adult. I don't think I've ever cried during an adult film. <laughs> I've never really been like, "Oh, Debbie, <laughs> you'll do it. <laughs> you'll do Dallas." <laughs> Thank Christ. No, it's mainly like I think the one thing that mo- like a lot of the time it's it's surprising to me. <laughs> there is a thing of the, uh, of the like P- like PG rated <laughs> sequel called Helly Hugs Houston. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I I think 
what are what are film scenes that because I can only really think of one scene in film that reliably will make me cry, um, and yeah, it's in a it's in a kids film, and like the, there are many scenes I'll go back to and be like, I remember crying at yeah. this and remember the feeling, um, and that is uh, the dad in Paddington standing up to Nicole Kidman, All right. and being like, no, no, no. He's a part of this family. And it's just because at that point I'm just like, you're damn right, <laughs> white British person, except immigrants against colonialists. <laughs> and it just it means a lot mm. to me that moment and that he the, the father has seen what the rest of the family has always seen in Paddington. Are clumsy to the point of technically qualifying as an act of God, but, you know, well-meaning bear. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the one that always gets me. Okay, so what if uh, Paddington was in The Revenant? Oh. <laughs> um, okay, are you... Is is he just in he, The he, Revenant, no, he, or is he's, he... He's replacing the bear. He, oh, so no. It's like, so, like, that, that movie's just about everyone having a good time. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, yeah it's, it's, it's just no. a movie about Paddington... Uh, right, 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 right. It's a movie right, about yeah. like, teaching Tom Hardy... <laughs> And and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to like be nicer to each other. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That that's lovely. I was much more concerned with the pitch of like uh, Inarito once again takes um, uh, a massive crew out into desolate locations, puts them through hell for work that could easily have been done cheaper and yeah. better in studio. Uh, and it's all about a film. But Leonardo DiCaprio got cold, so he deserved that Oscar for being cold. You know they can open the doors of. <laughs> studios right <laughs> just throw some dry ice in there you fucking okay we don't want to get that cold we don't want to no, give no, no, just, Leo just, ice just like a, just like a bit of dry ice uh, okay, like it's, a, okay. it's a big studio okay so it's 1924 <laughs> eric v- fuck. the 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 charleston is sweeping the nation <laughs> um so Pro- prohibition has just come in i think and people say i'm depressed but i'm just having my jazz <laughs> age yeah no, that's a very good tweet that only <laughs> two people liked um <laughs> uh, Eric von Stroheim uh, is already uh, uh, a director to be watched. He said he's yeah. had several big successes, all at um, I believe the Universal Cinema. Yeah, so this is the second movie that he's been involved in that we've done on the list so far. Uh, yeah, in the D.W. Griffith film Intolerance, which came out uh, about eight years before this, he was an actor and he played a second Pharisee uncredited in Intolerance. And there are I think about three other films on the list that he's involved in. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll we'll get to when 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 we get to. So, but he was having trouble at Universal, largely because he was doing things like shooting films for eleven months, <laughs> or or going way way over budget. And so, um, yeah, it's like this is the early twenties. This is a long time before like the idea of the like film auteur. Yeah, this is a long time before directors had like control over their films in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Well, a, a, a version of this history I've read is that this is kind of about that there was a period of time in the in the in the early twenties, where that was true, right. oh yeah, and yeah. it was von Stroheim's excesses that lost oh, okay. lost that. Um, but he was uh, so he uh, eventually had project after project uh, um, messed with at Universal. Mm. And was like, I'm sick of this, I quit, and they were like, uh, Nah, you're fired. And so MG, later to be MGM, came along and said, Eric, what's up? We we like your Nickelodeons you're making, <laughs> and 
And he's like, okay, I'm a bit worried about working with people because they mess with my work. And they're like, no, we love that you work big. We love that you work long. Whatever you want to do, just bloody do it, mate. And he's like, sweet as, I'm going to make a film called Greed. It's about greed. Yeah, it's about greed. I've just Maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) And it's the worst sin. Um, And I, I think that... Um, and it's real good. I've made it. My initial cut is eight hours long. And then Universal is like, oh, no, we don't want you to do that, actually. MG. Oh, uh, MG. Not MG Universal. is like, and MG is like, mate, no, 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 not not like that. And like, there are, there are several, uh, there are myths about what his intended final version yeah. of the film was. And the eight uh, hour uh, numbers. As, as there are with like every, like, like yeah. kind of like legendary like lost film. Um, uh, yeah, the 42 real version, it's called. And, and so they brought in a, an executive to. To, to cut the film down to uh, just over two hours. Yeah, because who, who knows more about cutting a film than executives? I mean, uh, they do. It's kind of their job. Like, mm. there are many good executives in the world. Name one. Uh, Harvard Weinstein. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, there must be. Uh, I mean, I'm... Uh, I like, the only name that's jumping to my mind is Judd Apatow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking, what's the fucking Saturday Night Live guy? Lorne. Mi- yeah, Lorne Michaels. <laughs> you don't get Jack Donaghy based on you if you're, you're a good person. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's a successful person, and that's the only thing that matters in this film called Greed. Um, <laughs> there are very few successful people. There are no yeah. successful no. people in this film called No, because they're all too greedy. Ah, I get it. Yeah, J- just, like the, just like everyone's favorite Star Wars character, Greedo. <laughs> The greediest character in Star Wars. He's not, isn't it sad for Greedo that with the invention of the prequel trilogy and uh, its, you know, intricate, well-observed commentary on the Jewish people in the form of Watto. Uh, the, the, hey, the, Annie. <laughs> uh, 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 just love Twidarians. Um, Watto, though. Whatever. Uh, then uh, what But for a long time, and, and people who've seen this long version are like, it's the best film ever made. It's highly like, it was probably going to be like five to six hours shown over two nights. Yeah. Um, and, and it was heavily cut down. And since then, uh, many decades later, but also a few years in the past for us, it was uh, attempted to be kind of restored and reconstructed. Yeah, I think that happens a lot these days. Is you, you have like longer cuts of films released. You know, you you have like you you have like director's cut released with like oh yeah. here's all the extra footage they want to put in. Uh, you you don't get that with with films from like the twenties. No, because when that film wasn't being used, uh, they just burn it yeah. or they like put it in the bin, and so all of that footage is just lost forever. Yeah, like there there is six hours of this movie that will just never exist. Yeah. Um, he they shot for eighty hours. The final ten minutes of this film is set uh, out in the west mm. on the plains. Uh, they were there for two months. Mm. Like there, there's a there's a lot of stuff we'll never see. And like the restoration is working a lot with works a lot with uh, publicity stills. Yeah. However, because uh, uh, to balance with the fact that we are watching the shamefully destro- like they took Zachary Snyder's. Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Yep. 
and they are a beautiful chandelier of theme of Swarovski crystal, of Swarovski crystal, and they smashed it. Um, and they gave it to Joss Whedon, destroyer of franchises, no successes to his name, and they said. We, we at DC, yeah. we we want to stop Zack Snyder from unleashing the truth upon the world. <laughs> yeah. We are tasking you with destroying his masterpiece. Well, all of my knowledge about the Snyder Cut, the now forthcoming Snyder mm. Cut. Now that HBO has put $40 million into it. Which uh, uh, is just briefly immoral. Which is a crime. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's actually wrong. Uh, that could go towards um, giving cheap baby formula to people in third world countries. Yeah. Or, or, or even like if it's not going to like go outside of the film industry, you could make 40 really good uh, cheap films for that much money. Oh, you could make 80. Yeah. You could make 100 quite ropey films <laughs> for that much money. You could make 80 Tetsuo the Iron Mans <laughs> with, with the money they spent on this. You could make... What's... You could you could <laughs> I'm just, you you could make half of Cutthroat Island with the money they they're spending on the Snyder Cut. Yeah, um, you could make like forty thousand. You don't need to read books to learn how to plow Richard Linklater's first feature, in which he did literally every job. <laughs> he is the only actor in it. Um, you don't learn how you, to play you, by reading. You books. could make forty million Neil Breen movies. <laughs> no, he. You don't think Breen's paying himself? Oh, oh yeah. Um, He's using all that all that big architecture money <laughs> to to. So we, I, I went to look to see if we could find the cut, the cut down two and a half hour version rather than watching the attempted restoration recreation, um, and that's actually quite hard to find. Um, uh, it, it, it is out there. It was released on on Vicious and a Lazered Disc. Ooh. Um, uh, I, I, oh, you were saying VHS, right? Yeah, Vicious. Right. Sorry. I, 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 you know, just just yesterday, just a couple of days ago, I was I was watching a VHS of uh, uh, I was watching a, a VHS of Muppets from Space taped off of television <laughs> in two thousand two. There, uh, I I, uh, I, I, was, I was I was I was showing it to to, to my little sister, and uh, to, to, here's a thing you might not know: uh, 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 television ads in two thousand two are fucking wild. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Muppets from Space. Okay. The, not the worst Muppets. It's, uh, I mean, look, it's I, 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 it's 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 like a freestyle movie for me. I I, I like the Muppets well enough. But how like, old were you when you first saw it? Oh, like five. Okay, so that yeah. doesn't count. No, but so like, your opinion doesn't count. I mean, like, yeah, it's, I'm it's, talking. It's, it's definitely I'm, my least favorite I'm, Muppet movie. I'm, I'm I'm making a political. I, I I don't I don't like the fact that they they say like, hey, instead of like having like good original songs written by people like Paul Williams, uh, let's just uh, use a bunch of sort of like uh, pop funk songs from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, true. I think that I think that's a bad decision. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and uh, not 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 a huge amount of uh, of good jokes. But you know, it's, yeah. it's fine. Not my favorite Gonzo work. No. Um, and so. Oh, my brain is, has just evaporated. Muppets from Space. Oh, I um, uh, Finn has, has uh, very kindly been uh, recently lending me uh, his 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 uh, USB DVD player so I can rip all my DVDs before putting them in storage. Uh, and I I I discovered that 
a DVD I never opened. I bought it for $2 at the warehouse. It's called Three Horror Movie Classics. Ooh. They're all on one disc. Fantastic. And That's you never you want. guess, but they are all... Uh, Public domain. Yeah, never. they're the three that were never in copyright. House on Haunted Hill, Little Shop of Horrors, and the Night original. Of the Dead. And Night of the Living yeah. Dead. And they are all clearly rips of bad quality third or fourth generation VHS mm. and already like poorly like MPEG one and like, encoded down to under a gig. It's, I mean like the original Little Shop Horrors looks bad anyway. Oh yeah. That's movie was made in like in two days. i I believe that is much more print the print the legend thing. Yeah. But, but like, like I, in I'm, a short I'm, amount I'm, of time. I'm willing to believe that. Yeah. Like it was made in two, in two days for like like a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. It looks looks like garbage. And it's uh, not 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 that funny. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm. Like Frank Oz's little, like yeah, yeah. The the mu- the whole point of the musical is like, what if we took this shit thing and made it good? Yeah. You know, like and the Lion King. And then the movie was like, what if we put Steve Martin in it? Or and, uh, like, yeah. yeah, and get uh, Yoda to direct it. Yeah, uh, which explains why uh, they're all speaking out of order. <laughs> I, I and why there's a scene where they have to check whether they've got midi chlorine. I, I can't remember which movie it was. There was one movie that, that Frank Oz was directing, um, where I, I think he might have been directing Richard Pryor and something. Where, um, where, 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 like, and, no, no, it was, Mar- it was Marlon Brando. Like it, was, it was Brando got like really annoyed with where Frank Oz was directing him and, and said, oh, "I'm I'm 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 like I'm I'm not one of your puppets. You can't stick your hand up my ass." Yeah, I believe that was Brando. Yeah. Um, Brando, uh, great. Uh, I will always remember his performance, of course, in Christopher Columbus of a Discovery. <laughs> I was going to go with as Count Cagliostro. Uh, um, I, I just want to double down on that reference because I think it's only good for me. I do, do you remember everyone at home? If you've not seen Lupin the Third, the Castle of Count of Cagliostro, um, Hayao Miyazaki's first feature. It's good. Yeah, no, it's it, super fun. Uh, uh, it's good, but also there are uh, the scene where Cagliostro. Count Cagliostro is forcing the, the woman <laughs> whose name I can't remember. Which, which, the, the, the princess or the, the princess to marry him? Yeah. Um, oh, the I costume Cagliostro is wearing is what Marlon Brando was wearing. <laughs> like I don't like it's one for one. I it's what I don't think you understand. Okay, sorry, we've got a caller. No, no, we don't need a caller. <laughs> Sorry, it's a YouTube channel. We've got a. I got a comment here. Uh, this is from Come Blaster Four Twenty. He says, "Ha ha, good, I get it. Oh, cool. So you got it. Thanks, Come Blaster Four Twenty. Yeah, oh, I got a comment here from from Bob Saget. It just says you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, so we, 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 when I was like twelve, and I used to put videos on YouTube. Oh, no. There was like no one watched my videos. So there was one person who went under Wait. the screen named Bob Saget, who on every single one of my videos was just comment you're gay. Okay, what if? <laughs> It was actually Bob Saget. Look, I've considered it over the years. <laughs> and you watch Full House, just tears streaming down your face. Yeah, you know, he's he's like fucking Tom Bergeron stole my job on America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, I've got to bully. Okay. I've got to bully tweens on the internet now. Well, and now he is. Has he is is he? I've only seen the first episode of Fuller House, which he's in. Yeah, is he in all of Fuller House? Oh, I, I, I believe he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen zero episodes of Fuller House. Oh yeah, no, because I, 
uh, because as much as, much as I uh, do not like myself, uh, I, I don't hate myself enough to watch Fuller House. Oh, Fuller House, Fuller House's comfort viewing for quote for, for people who have nostalgia for, for the Mike Love era Beach Boys. Well, no, and, and for like what I would call like mainstream people, people yeah. whose favorite film is a Will Smith film, civilians. Yeah, and which is like fine, but it is just like watching it is like a chef. <laughs> oh fuck! I cannot believe. Okay, I will say what I was about to say, but yeah, I want and, you to know everyone can mock. If, if yeah. Everyone go, go, go on Twitter at, at you for libs yeah. and mock you for be, for being a, a fucking smug shit here. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, it is like a, a a chef drinking water or eating porridge. You know, unseasoned water porridge. <laughs> unseasoned water porridge. You know, when you're like, uh, I don't no, want to put like milk a, in this. You know, it's like you're, you're having your breakfast to gruel and you can't be bothered cooking it. So you're just like, you know, I'll just have raw oats. So the version of greed we watched, um, I didn't see the cut down. I couldn't find easily accessible the cut down version. The restored uh, uh, version is very accessible. Uh, but then our fellow New Zealand film podcaster, Hayden Frost, uh, the, one of the two wonderful people behind Never Repeats, the, the podcast which, which is watching or was watching all of New Zealand's locally produced features oh, okay. uh, in order and like doing a good job it's uh, good stuff uh, check it out are they up to Smash Palace yet? yeah 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 okay that's the only one I know. that's the only New no, Zealand I, film you I, know I know other New Zealand oh. films like um uh <laughs> mostly just things have been recommended by Stuart on the Flophouse like Housebound or Deathgasm or uh Black Sheep uh, or What We Do in the Shadows, or Boy, or all of those being recommended by Stuart. Huh. He has a real affinity for New Zealand cinema. Well, yeah. For, for, for Taika Waititi. And Taika Waititi adjacent yeah. films. That is an unfair thing to say about Black Sheep, which has its own unique perspective. And uh, hashtag Justice Friend of the Mountain, which had a lot of the same team, the same director working on it, uh, and was, it seems, heavily reworked, including replacing a bunch of really good practical effects with terrible CG yeah. effects. Uh, it's very sad. It's, re- it's, it's kind of weird that we don't, as a nation, have any really good definitional film adaptations of Morris G. Works. <laughs> film feels like it should be out there, you know? Like, if we're going to, you know? Uh, is he... No, okay. who, half who, men of who, 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 uh, who, who, who wrote in? Who wrote in my father's den? There, I think Elvis. Apparently, <laughs> oh, it, it, you're right. But that's like his serious one, not yeah, his yeah. kids' ones. Yeah. Um, how good is in my father's den? The the, the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, Rest in power, Brad McGann uh, as well. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, lovely man, apparently. Uh-huh. And uh, Emily Barclay and Matthew McVadden. What yeah. a cast. Yeah. Um, what was Matthew McFadden up to these days? He's assisting people. <laughs> you know, spoilers for the film, but uh, I think he's Matthew, not really that that, that helpful he, at all. He's not. He's not very helpful. And the assistant. If, if you haven't seen the assistant yet, <laughs> uh, go see it. The assistant's good. Okay. If you haven't seen the assistant, absolutely go see the assistant. It's great. I look yeah. forward. I mean, you 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 can either do what I did and think, oh, that's a really good movie, or you can do what you did and spend three months saying no, it's not good. And three. Okay, like months. okay, like a month and a half. I we will talk about this in our uh, Sight and Sound Showdown. <laughs> that yeah, the twenty twenty first annual yeah. Sight and Sound Showdown for the Crown, um, uh, of of the the soundest and the shitest of the year. Um, uh, 
But can you imagine if you, oh, sorry, the point I was getting to, please skip ahead to 40 minutes, three seconds. Um, can you imagine how, do you want to know how you make that film automatically bad? If Matthew McFadden at the end of that scene is like, oh yeah, you're right. And then he caught and picks up the phone <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, we haven't talked about this. And then the rest of the film is them like dismantling yeah. sexism. Yeah. It's been like, oh no, everyone's been fired. And now you've got some movie ideas, right? And she's like, yeah, I've got I've got an idea. It's all one day at a film production company, <laughs> and it's called The Assistant. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's would how be you bad. make The Assistant a good film, <laughs> a sound film. Shite. I j- yeah, I, I I I made the classic mistake of um, wanting a film I didn't get. Yeah. And anyway, any weather. Are we are we at forty minutes yet? <laughs> Over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was being very charitable to us. Uh, so uh, now, now time to start talking about the movie. So, but the version of Greed, oh, I deleted it already. <laughs> no, Greed is uh, on Vimeo. A musical group called the Ash Fault Serenade yep. did a live performance and what they term live edit of the film, which is available on Vimeo. So they recut the reconstruction down. So we watched a kind of recut back together version of Greed. We, we um, certainly did. And, and, and which I only really noticed what they call quote-unquote live editing. It comes in at just under two hours uh, at one point where they've not just quite caught the end of an intertitle. Yeah, so the, an intertitle flashes on screen yeah, and then yeah. off. There's about two frames of an intertitle and you just spend the rest of the movie going, oh, I wonder what, inter- I wonder what, I wonder what it said. <laughs> yeah, no. Your theory was it said something very racist, which I wouldn't put past a film from 1924, you know? Oh, yeah, but I think that this one seems to like mostly avoid uh, racism, mainly by having uh, uh, no one who isn't white in it. If that's we... what it takes. Well, and I mean, it is largely set in San Francisco, mm. uh, so that is erasure. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and not just the band. So it, it tells the story. The novel it's adapted from is called um, McTeague, and, which is the name of our lead character, John McTeague. Um, so we start out, we meet him, he's a miner, mining for gold, and one of... Uh, well, you, you say miner, he's actually a very big man. <laughs> He is. He he looks like uh, if like John C. Riley. Um, yeah, no, he looks like you put John C. Riley's hair on Hodor, <laughs> or or like John C. Riley making himself look big to frighten a bear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he is this kind of thuggish, meaty galoof in a lot of ways. He's a he's bestial. Yeah, we first see him coming out of the mine. Yep. There's, a, there's like this whole like long sequence of of showing people mining and like those like gold stampers and all that sort of stuff. And uh, th- this introduces one of my one of my favorite things of a movie, uh, which is uh, basically every time there's gold on screen. Yep. Uh, um, obviously, because it's from 1924, the movie is in black and white. But every time there's gold on screen, uh, that gold is like is like uh, all, all each like frame has been like hand painted, uh, so all the gold shows up like actually glowing gold, and it's uh, it's it's su- such a cool effect and su- such like interesting like way to show this like power and and allure of gold. Well, and it and it is. That, like this film uh, plays a lot with like it's not black and white it's largely monochrome mm. you know but it plays a lot of games with that there's a great gag later on and there's a scene that's tilted 
tinted blue to show that the lights are off until someone flicks the switch, and yeah. then it goes back to black and white. Yeah, which which is great. Um, yeah, so in, in this opening scene, you see him like find some gold, and he's pushing his minecart along on the, the tracks outside. There's like a baby bird in the middle of a track. And yep. He goes and picks up a baby bird and just sort of like holds it gently, and he's like, he you know he he has an affinity for for, for birds. Yeah, and then some other minor like comes. Tony l- Soprano. Yeah, and then some other minor comes along and just like ah, fuck your birds and just slaps the bird out of his hand. Yeah. I mean, McTeague uh, just picks him up and throws him off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty intense. It's, it's incredible. Uh, um, and uh, that's how we meet this guy. Yeah. And it is very much about, like, this film is, I, I said while we were watching it, this is probably of the, f- uh, there's nothing I hate in a film, well, a narrative, but especially film, when films are like, fuck, check out these guys, where mm. films hate all their characters. Yeah. And this film, I think, hates all of its characters, um, yeah. but in the sense of, like, the thesis of this film is like, humans are just animals. Look at us. We're just beasts. Yeah, we, we, all we are is fucking magpies or, like, shiny shit. Yeah, so that's how we meet him. And then we see uh, a dentist has come to town, of course. Uh, um, fuck, what was it? I, I'll, you know what I should get out? My notes. That's <laughs> my notes and my Field Notes brand 48-page memo book. Um, this is the Sweet Tooth edition. I'm using the red one here, and I wrote in it with my uh, Lamy Safari with a italic nib on the end. Uh, blue ink, but it's showing up uh, largely as black. So, yeah. Uh, excellent stuff. Big fan of the uh, pen discussion. <laughs> I mean... I, myself, uh, was using... Uh, uh, I was using an Office Max uh, a clicky pen. Oh, yeah. what? Can I see what kind of cartridge it's got going on? And yeah, it doesn't seem to have much going on for it. I mean, if you've got to buy an off-the-shelf pen, you look, in New Zealand, you're looking at Sharpie pens or, or, or nothing. Bic. Not, but like for, good, for oh. good ones. So welcome to my pen addict uh, fan podcast in which I talk about my pen opinions, which are purely from the yeah, podcast. This, this the pen is a podcast edit. called Yufa's uh, Pen Dragon. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Welcome. Welcome to Yufa's Pen Dragon. It's my stationary podcast. Any big fans of our legend out there? Everything that is moving in the stationary world. I'm looking at getting some uh, new Rodia dot grid just to write some stuff out um uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh um start on new field notes uh tomorrow and uh, my liquor terms filling up lucky i got a replacement <laughs> anyway uh anyone out there got any uh hot cheap local new zealand sources of tomoe river paper hit me up at youth lives and remember to use the hashtag youth pen dragon <laughs> uh anyway so <laughs> then we <laughs> Uh, uh, then the dentist comes to town. He's mm-hmm. uh, Dr. P- 
painless potter. Yeah, he's, he's he's pulling teeth left and right. He's just doing dentist stuff, I think, mainly. It's pretty much it. He's yeah. got a big teeth. Um, dry, uh, yeah, going he's, he's got a big gold tooth on the top of his on the top of his cart, uh, and which is I think which is a reference to Django Unchained with the giant tooth on the top of the cart. Well, I no, I think I think it actually is mm. in the other direction. Like I would, you yeah. know, I've noticed here and there occasionally <laughs> in films, old Quinty Queen Teen Tarantula. Yeah. Um, well, he like he, he he named himself after one of the characters from Jaws, <laughs> uh, and, and, and his surname after the scariest type of spider, the yep. tarantula. Yeah, um, no. If I was ever in the same uh, country as a tarantula, I would uh, kill myself immediately. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> holy sh- holy shit! Like I, I it's like I, I, I so I I was once uh, uh, I was once down in Coromandel oh. and. Uh, um, uh, I I saw uh, 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 I saw a carpenter bee or a carpenter yeah. wasp. Uh, I think it's a carpenter bee. Um, which, which and what what carpenter bees do is they uh, uh, they like attack spiders and they like paralyze them and then they like carry them off to their nests. Yeah. And uh, the first time I saw a bee flying past with a spider, I was like, oh fuck, they've teamed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. Uh... <laughs> That is okay. So we're now in the pitch zone. We're working on our movies, movie execs. So imagine bees, <laughs> scary spiders, scary. The carpenters, great band. <laughs> Carpenter bees teaming up with spiders. Yeah, it's so, yeah. So so we 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 we're gonna make a movie. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, uh, where, where we just use uh, ba- Barbie bees and Barbie spiders. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, it, a reference to Superstar the Karen Carpenter story. <laughs> um, uh, and here's a tagline for your poster: "It's the insect invasion you can dance to." <laughs> That's what I think when I hear, hear of Carpenter's super danceable. <laughs> I mean, you could sway, yeah, sure. Uh, and if there's one thing I know about swaying, is that it is technically dancing. As a white person. I have to believe that swaying is dancing. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of what I call the tree caught in a storm. I. <laughs> what is. <laughs> what he looks like. Uh, he looks like. Imagine someone has put helium into Frankenstein. <laughs> um, but here's the thing I insist that everyone sways my way, and I hate when people go against my plans. Yeah, I prefer that people sway in the morning. <laughs> I think sway my way, don't come and go. Like you do, um, the song "Sway." Uh, I'm, I'm, You're not, not aware not, of the not, song "Sway." I don't think so. By no. one of the rungers, Bickle Bow. No. So McTeague is looking at this dentist, being like, "I wish I was a dentist." Yeah. And he tells that and to his mum. Well, we, we we learn that he wishes he was a dentist when he imagines himself as the dentist. We are. We're, we're still in like the first five minutes. We got to yeah. stop. <laughs> oh, we're gonna die. I'm terrified. Oh, it's four. Four forty-five. Have I? Yeah, we've just got to stop before nine pm because I got to check turnip prices in Animal Crossing. This, uh, we right, could... So he talks to his mum and he says, "Hey, mum, I want to be a dentist." And then he goes off uh, to San Francisco to be a dentist. No, but his no, but then his. Well, first we should address that no one refers to their mothers or mums or no. moms. They refer to mommers. M O M M E R, which makes them sound like. Oh, I don't know, l- l- uh, uh, l- lunatics. Or yeah, the noise that uh, demented people with no teeth make. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you want to give us a give us a demonstration of that? I've got teeth is the problem. <laughs> 
This is humble brag. Sorry. <laughs> you obviously haven't seen McTeague the dentist yet. No, he'll, he'll rip those out in no time. So spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, no, his mummer, mummer, mummer uh, goes uh, goes to the dentist. Also, says, this is I'm so glad this is a silent movie because I think I think if, if I heard people saying mummer, I would. Uh, uh, absolutely not have finished watching this movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, we barely watched finished watching Heck, which is Ooh. full of mama, mama, mama. Uh, Juliet Lewis, hooray <laughs> for Juliet Lewis. Not in that, no. But Industrial Dawn, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Juliet Lewis. Yeah, so so like now, Ju- Ju- Juliet Lewis and Eric von Stroheim have now been in the, the most movies that we've watched. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm I'm happy with that as yeah. a representative sample. Um, and so uh, and the dentist is like, okay, and so uh, McTeague um takes him on as an apprentice. The dentist takes on McTeague as yeah. an apprentice. Time dash. It's like it's like for three years later or something. Three years later, yeah. McTeague is set up himself as a dentist in on Polk, Polk Street. Yeah, in San Francisco. He, he's just above an apothecary. Uh, and which, which like that that's that's prime real estate. Yeah. You you, you want to be pulling teeth just above an apothecary? Because because people are gonna be going in there for their ailments. And well they're gonna get a poultice. Also they're gonna get an unguent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, and also, like you can sell the teeth. Like yeah, it feels oh, like absolutely. You, you un- can grind those up to make uh, 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 dick pills, uh, bread, uh, whatever you well, need. It's like it's like buying uh, like vegetables. Like obviously, you can yeah, go you grind to those the up to make uh, dick pills or bread. <laughs> uh, dick pills, <laughs> dick pills, please, Richard Pillage. Um, <laughs> Richard, oh, there, is, there is absolutely like an English wrestler called Richard Pillage. I hope so. Unless, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and v- v- then he does a heel turn and becomes Dick Pills. <laughs> Dick Pills. I used uh, I used to be soft, now I'm Dick Pills and I'm hard. I think it's the other way around. I think he used to be nice. He was like Sir Richard Pillage, yeah, right, yeah, the landed yeah. gentry, yeah. Uh, and then um, they killed his wife and so he became Dick Pills. <laughs> Uh, any British wrestlers out there looking for an identity? Here are just three off the top of my head, but obviously there's Richard Pillage becoming Dick Pills. Yep. <laughs> there's Theresa May fight you to death, uh, and of course, uh, and of course uh, Boris Johnson. And what I'm proposing there is that you take on Boris Johnson as a wrestling persona, uh, and then deliberately do very poorly so the people of Britain can watch Boris Johnson being. <laughs> Beaten and bloodied on the regular. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That, so, I, I, look, we've already, um, on previous episodes, we've already explicitly called <laughs> people to go and murder Boris Johnson. So I'm not going to do it again, Yeah, but I will say uh, uh, the offer still stands. <laughs> I... Like, look, this is me saying openly, uh, I will pay you money. (laughs) I like that we're like, how do we expand the reach of this? How do we get more people to listen? Let's say things so security services have to listen to this podcast. Look, if if, if James Bond hears this, that's all I care about. (laughs) 
James Bond? Yeah. Oh, right. Security services. I do really think between missions... He's sitting listening to podcasts. No, like, no, no like, th- this, is, is. this is part of a briefing because we're 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 oh. we're we're we're, 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 we're now a threat. He's coming for oh, us. Oh no, James! If you're listening, please, please. I, I. He just doesn't. He really likes to shoot first and ask questions later. And I'm so much more a questions based person. I just don't think I'd respond well to <laughs> the stress <laughs> of being hunted by James Bond. <laughs> The entire time you've been doing that, I was just thinking, like, what would my Blofeld impression sound like? Go on. No, I don't have one. It's like, all you need to do, because all the Blofelds are so different, you just need a good take on, like, Mr. Bond. Sir, Mr. Bond. Oh, Faith and Begora. I'm Irish Blofeld. Oh, wow. Irish Blofeld. I mean, okay, is it like an IRA thing, or? No. Okay. <laughs> So, McTeague, now a dentist, now calling himself John McTeague, mm-hmm. um, has a good old friend called Marcus, and uh, they hang out a bit, and Marcus yeah. is like, check it out, come meet my cousin, also I'm in love with her. Uh, got this is my super fuckable cousin. Yeah, uh, whose name is Trina. Yeah, she's played by Zazu Pitts. What a name. What, one, of, one of the great names in cinema. Well, and go look at her list of credits, and if you've seen a film from this era, you'll have seen something yeah, with she, her. She, she, she was in movies from, like, the 19-teens well, until 1963. It is interesting watching this film and comparing it to Intolerance. Mm. Because, let's be clear, this film is a lot better than Intolerance. Yep. But Intolerance is so clearly aiming for, in many ways, a more naturalistic style of acting. Mm. Um, which should, like, there is a sense that at times you could add a comedy soundtrack to this and it would be a bit slapstick. Uh, a bit, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, what I am saying, without judgment, is that the performances are broad and somewhat mm. cartoonish. And like uh, Gibson Goland, who plays McTeague, is 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 great at this, the yeah, sense of yeah, just... Yeah, it, it definitely feels like this character could be played by like Emil Jannings and it yeah. wouldn't have been that different. But Zazu Pitts is a, is a, is a performance um, as like the, really the only character kind of with an arc in the mm. film. Just gives us this super big, like you kind of like before every take, Eric would have been like, give it 250%. Yeah. One of, one of my like favorite types of performance yeah. is woman going through mental breakdown after suffering yeah. some sort of trauma. When I try and think about like, hmm, one of my favorite performances in movies is like, oh, it's it's Cheryl Lee in Twin Peaks: Fly Walk with Me. Yeah, it's Isabel, it's Isabella Johnny in Possession. It's uh, uh, it's uh, what, what's her face from from Amelia Clark in Last Christmas. No. Um, Amelia Clark and Terminator Genesis. No, uh, 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 and, and uh, 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 Amelia Clark and Solo. Uh, it, uh, is Anna Paquin and Margaret? Oh fuck! Ma- oh, Ma- why is Margaret? Margaret must be further down this list. Uh, no, no, Ma- Margaret basically hadn't come out when when this list. Oh, was Oh yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah, fuck. Oh, like, yeah, that's when Margaret was released. Well, the long version. Yeah, the the proper version. Yeah. Oh, we should have done Margaret anyway. Ma- Margaret on the list of films that should be on this list. Uh, yeah. Like, Margaret is the only film uh, that ever uh, got inside my head and uh, gave me, uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, gave me, like, uh, uh, crazy anxiety dreams about my own powerlessness. Oh. Yeah, I have that feeling about... Uh, if Every movie you watch. I don't... Uh, Man- did Mandy do it? <laughs> no. Mandy just made me go like, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, D- Donnie Darko made me feel that. All right. But a fucking black... 
Landsman, which oh, I recently okay. rewatched, and is like just to remove some recency bias, and it's like, oh yeah, that's an all time great film. Black mm. Landsman is is fuck man, like the ending of that film. That made me cry the first oh, time I saw yeah. it. That, yeah, there you go. Yeah. The ending of Black Klansman, uh, the first time I saw it, when I was like, no, I can't believe I have to go without seeing Topher Grace. Well, Ashley Atkinson. I'm terrified because all I have seen Ashley Atkinson play yeah. is incredibly nice people who are full of darkness and <laughs> violence and trying to murder people. Yeah. And I'm so terrified that's what she re- she's really like. I follow her on social media. She's not. But it's like, imagine if Michael Shannon is really like that. Yeah. We've had that. I was, yeah, I was going to bring that up, and I was like, yeah. no, we've, we've already had this exact thing about Michael yeah. Shannon. He can't, he can't be. Oh. Anyway. Um, and, and so... Uh, while uh, Trina and Marcus are out playing on some swings, he pushes her too hard and she falls and breaks her tooth. Yeah. And, and is like, oh, it's cool. I can take you to meet well, no, my first, mate. First she says, it's your fault. I'm disfigured. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look I'm gonna look terrible forever. And, and they do some pretty good special effects to show her broken tooth by mm. making sure it is uh, just always on the side of her face that's not facing the camera. And and he goes, cool, I'm, I'll take you to meet my dentist friend, uh, McTeague. Um, but they have to wait for a spot. So on the way, she buys a lottery ticket, um, at, which is about, you know, being in the lottery to see who's killed. Because my only knowledge yeah, of the no, lottery she, is she, the she, she, she really story. wants to get in to see Hamilton. Yeah. And she, she, she'll kill someone to do it. So McTeague uh, uh, meets Trina and is like, oh, you're right about your cousin. Man, bangable. And so while she's under, he ethers her. Uh, he cannot stop himself from kissing her. That doesn't happen the first time that they meet. So, so, um, so she, she, oh. she's having work done on, on her teeth for like two weeks. Yeah. So, so like she, she, she comes in uh, yeah. to get work done for like a couple hours every day for two weeks. That's and then right. at the end of that, when like the work is finally done, yeah. And he's not gonna. He thinks like he won't be able to see her anymore because she yeah. won't be getting dentist work anymore. Yeah, uh, he he uh, uh, he he kisses her while she's asleep, and then immediately uh, feels uh, really bad about it, but also is like happy that he did it. I think, and uh, then possibly somewhat there's there's a hint in the subtext that he does more than kiss her. Yeah, um, and it is interesting because I I kind of want to be immediately disgusted by that, but this film hates all of its characters, <laughs> and it's really interesting seeing the scene of him. <laughs> kissing her while she's under and that like him wanting to and not is portrayed in a romantic way but then the moment when he does it is like weird and horrible yeah like this film understands that it's a bad thing when that could be like if i just in the charlie chaplin film where you know he's a dentist and someone's asleep you're like oh no 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 1924 start and so immediately after that he's like so we're in love let's get married and she's like okay cool First of all, he goes and talks to Marcus. Oh yeah, and yeah. says, oh, "I, I, I made out with your cousin while you, while, while she was asleep. Yeah, possibly uh, more. Yeah, uh, I, I'm in love with her now." And Marcus is like, "Yeah, sure, buddy, you can have her. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we get to decide who owns her." And it's very that scene. Uh, what? Yeah, while they're drinking, uh, uh, while doing it, and that the callousness of that scene and like the implicit judgment of it is what I wanted from the scene in Colonel. Blum. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but did not get take that 
Pauline Pressburger, the only single man to have ever directed a film. Pauline Pressburger, I'd fight you if you were still alive anyway. Maybe. Yeah, you'll just have to go f- fight Belma Schoonmarker. That's the closest I, you can get. I mean, you're like, this is for the snowman. <laughs> and then I hug her and I'm like, this is for almost everything else. <laughs> this, sh- is, this is for Kundun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marty, love Kundun. <laughs> um, so. And, and, and then he's like, cool. And so then as they're going uh, back to like their flop house to celebrate, um, Trina finds out that her lottery ticket has won and she's won 5,000 US dollars, yep. which I did the inflation calculator is in New Zealand dollars today, three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a bet. Like, I mean, like, that, that's a fair bit of money. Yeah. You yeah, could, so for people who aren't in New Zealand, uh, you can't buy a house for that much, uh, but well, not in Auckland. No, no, not, not really, not anywhere in New Zealand. Yeah. But like it's you, 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 you could rent a real nice apartment for a few years on on three quarters of a million dollars. Um, yeah, no, oh man, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want to move to Helensville. Nah, like, Helensville, like, so uh, just just for anyone who's not in New Zealand, here, here's how fucked uh, Auckland house prices are. Yeah, the the, the house that my mum and dad bought when I, when I was uh, when I was uh, one, yeah, cost them three hundred thousand dollars. That house today is valued at two and a half million dollars, which is uh, horrifying. Eat the rich. Yeah, no, it's fucking awful that that's happened to our country. So, uh, she's rich, and so, uh, back at the pub, Marcus and McTeague have a bit of a contretemps. Yeah. Where Marcus is like, so, uh, it's not fair. I just gave her to you because she was poor. Yeah. And now that she's rich, you owe, you, you owe me all that money. And at this point, McTeague says, no, no, no. It's not my money. Yeah. Um. And luckily, his opinion then doesn't change, and the following hour and ten minutes yeah. of the film is them getting along. And then along, Marcus right? is like, "You two-bit horse dentist." Um. And then he throws a knife uh, at McTeague that lands near his head. Does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Uh, um. And he 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 knocks his tobacco pipe out of his hand, and it breaks. And it breaks the the single greatest crime you can commit against someone. A thing breaking we- their tobacco pipe. I mean, there's so. Some... Okay, so, like, so like, how how much would it affect our friendship? Do you think if I just smashed your vape right now? I ooh, like deliberately. Yeah. Uh, like I, I need like, to like, think we'll, about your, re- your right, reasoning. Yeah. Like if you're like you are addicted to to to. Uh, oh no no, it's just ju- just pure spite and envy. <laughs> envy. Yeah, like 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 the character of the movie. Oh right right. Um, I. Oh, I like I I I am not trying to be like a woolly soft boy, yeah. but when I, I'm imagining that in my brain and in my and sorry in the picture of my head, you are beat red <laughs> and throwing it at the ground like you're hulking out. Um, I like in that situation, my first thought is like I'm very concerned yeah. about Finn's mental health, <laughs> and like I just it's one of those it's like the trolley problem <laughs> where you're like I need like it's the context that's important. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I've lost my other vape is the main thing oh, I want to no, think. I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. Like, now you've got no vapes left. Cause I just, no, 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 no. One. Like I, <laughs> I've got a backup jewel. I'm not crazy. I'm addicted to nicotine, Finn. It's really terrible. And I've, 
like genuinely if anyone out there wants to smoke anything make it cloves oh, that's so good for your lungs oh no all my experiences of smoking cloves have been while i was a smoker and it's like you know no i was about like, to do oh, another oh, equivalent it was like oh, oh, i want to live a 2011 matt myra lifestyle <laughs> What a pull. Uh, no, I was, I was just about like, to say... That's the only thing I ever think of when I hear someone talk about smoking cloves. I um, I, I was once kicked out of uh, uh, an event. I was outside smoking clove cigarettes because they thought I was smoking drugs. And I had to be like, no. No, I'm just gop. No, I was try- that was at the point where I was trying to quit smoking. One of my many attempts. Um... Yeah, don't, like, genuinely, if I can ever be 100% sincere about anything in my life, is that, like, smoking sucks. Yeah. And is expensive, and, like, so quickly, you're just maintaining your smoking to feel regular, and so just don't do it. Um, Except, like, if they solve cancer, because it looks so fucking cool. It, it, does, it does look cool. I, what, what, one of my favorite things is seeing people who, like, who can't make smoking look cool. Is it someone who's, like, trying to look cool while smoking and cannot pull it off? Who are you thinking of? Oh, like, I can't remember any specific people right now, but I've seen it happen, and it's always so fucking funny. Name redacted. <laughs> yeah. And so three years oh, then uh, the next thing we see is that um, Trina goes to her uncle who yeah. runs an uh, unidentified business of some kind. Yeah, he does stuff. He, he, he's, he's, a, he's a rich boy. Yeah. He might have a monocle. Couldn't really tell. Um, and she, uh, he's got big mutton chops. He certainly uh, does. And I believe they were pince nez. Oh, right. oh yes. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, and and uh, she goes, I want to invest all this money. And he goes like, cool, I will pay you out interest weekly. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Like ten dollars a week. Uh, I think it's like twenty. Uh, I think it's like twenty-five dollars a week. That, yeah. that's right. Uh, and so then, um, they 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 rent a, a house. At this point, Trina buys McTee a giant gold tooth. That's right. That he can hang outside his his, his dentist, which is like. what he's always yeah, wanted. Yeah, his dream his is dream. a gilded. Uh, like w- w- when you think about like a big tooth. Uh, yeah. This this isn't like like oh that's a big tooth. It's like oh that's a very big tooth. So for about the next about half hour of greed is the slow descent. There's a three year time dash, yeah. and thing. Oh no no no! I've forgotten. Marcus. All oh, right. Is a parting shot at McTeague for quote unquote stealing his girlfriend cousin and the money. Uh, uh Dobbs well, and McVed's Mc- after for a year time dash. No, it was before. No, 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 no. It's after. So uh, during during the time dash, he sets him. He like establishes himself more as a dentist because yes. he gets the jungle to right at the right before the time dash. That's and then right. it's like uh, after yep. after Marcus has been away for a few years, he comes back into their lives, and he's like, "Hey, buds, it's all good. I'm I'm leaving town now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm of going course. out wherever I'm going. So we're, we're, we're all cool. No hard feelings. I mean, as as soon as, as soon as he leaves, uh, he he goes and. Uh, um, uh, so apparently McTeague uh, never got a dentistry license, yeah. And for like the past five years, has just been just been pulling tooth tooths, been pulling teeth out of people's heads, yeah, uh, with, with, with no license. Uh, and, and he's like, I ain't going back to school for one of a piece of paper. And so things start to really fall apart, yeah, uh, for the couple. Over the past years, Trina has become more and more like obsessed with money and like with holding on to it, with yeah. saving it. And what McTeague wants to do is is spend it. Yeah. 
yep. lot of the 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 scenes are like, I want to go, give me two bits so I can go get some beer. And she's like, I gave you two bits yesterday. Yeah. Um, oh, this is where we should mention that all of the intertitles are written hypernaturalistically. Yeah. So basically, all of the intertitles have like stuttering and like repeated and like repeated words, which I had not seen before. I'm sure it's like I'm sure that there are silent film scholars listening to this. And first off, furious that we're talking at all. Uh, and second, being like, oh no, everyone fucking does that, you like, know? Look, look, okay, look, if, if you're a silent film scholar, yeah. uh, get, come, 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 come on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing another silent film for a while, but we'll, we'll, we'll get you on when we are. Well, I'd love to hear a silent film scholar's take on um, films with sound. <laughs> Over the years, Trina has become more and more obsessed with like saving money. And my sort of reading on that is there's obviously not like a super uh, happy marriage to begin with. She didn't want to marry McTeague. No. She kind of did out of a sense of obligation, I, I yeah. guess. And the, the sort of thing like, oh, it's the 1920s. I've gone on four dates with this, with this, yeah. like, with this kind of like overbearing oaf. I guess I have to marry him now well and, and in, in that moment when like his his love for her is sincere and pure yes. um uh but that yeah that they come to conflict more and more they start lying to each other yeah. about money but my sort of reading on, on her like wanting to save money and keep, keep money away from him yeah she is is hoping to be, be able to get her own sort of independence one, one day she's like oh, i'm with this guy from now i'm gonna make sure all of uh, i'm gonna make sure all of money all of my money is invested and kept away from him yeah I'm gonna save as much other money as I can, so so that like what one one day I can like I, I can like get away from him. Absolutely, I buy that reading. And what I what I also like about this conflict is that it feels like very easy even now to make this conflict in a film and kind of pick a side. Yeah, yeah. But in this, they're kind of both in the wrong because you get like you you absolutely understand that if she gave him 50 of those $5,000 soon they would all be gone mm. but you also get it is that uh, there, there's a scene where her mum writes a letter and is like ah hi can I have 10 bucks uh, uh, at, which at that point was several hundred dollars mm. and she's like no <laughs> and you're like oh no you're both like there is a, there's an interesting balance to what's going on in that they're both wrong yeah not to be uh, the like most pretentious person in the world the idea of classical Greek virtues yeah a virtue is found in, in moderation between two points and like and, and like Trina is like she is so far on one end of saving money and not helping others and McTeague is far on the other end of being sort of like wasteful and uh, w- wasteful with his money and like at one point he signs he signs a contract for, for, uh, to like lease a house without first like looking at the house and then they end up having to live in a house house with like water in the basement yeah and and it's like and yeah so like they've, they've both taken these sort of like extreme positions where, where they're, they're, they're both sort of like doomed to failure um and and this escalates and escalates until they're kind of all at war mm. with each other and she goes to get some of her money out of her investment before that had to move like further out of the city they're in like yeah. a shitty neighborhood now and one night mcteague uh, he basically says you know, i'm gonna go out for a walk now and he, he he leaves and he doesn't come back for for, for a very long time yeah. and she starts to get worried and she uh, she uh, goes out to try and find him and while she's gone she sort of realizes oh he was trying to get me out of the house and she goes back and she um, finds that he has uh, stolen the like $500 that she's been saving up in, in, in yeah. the trunk of, of the past few years 
I mean, he's just disappeared and, and left her yeah. without anything. So she goes to her uncle and says, I want to take out. And, oh, just because yeah. uh, this podcast is nothing um, if not uh, uh, a collection of us recounting incredible uh, ma- uh, match cuts or hard cuts. Oh. And, it's, and she's like, no, my money's gone. Hard cut to, and that night the drinks were on McTeague. <laughs> and it's a room full of people yeah. toasting him. Like it's it's just like man, the, the uh, cuts are the best special effects. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, so sometimes it's all you need. It's just a good cut. No, I would say that all you need is love. Do, 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 do. No, no, we're, you, we're not allowed to make any Beatles jokes until we t- until we do an episode about yesterday. Uh no, like of all the Beatles look, films. Look, I, I just want to talk about my my like reading of that film. That it is uh, <laughs> uh, that it is a fascist film. <laughs> I mean, it, the like I, it, I, I, I want to 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 recreate I want to to recreate the double bill we did where we saw Never Look Away <laughs> and Yesterday back to back. That's right. I've forgotten yeah. that that happened. Um, uh, Five Dollar Wednesday uh, at the Academy Cinemas. It's, it's 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 the the best it's the best possible use of five dollars in Auckland. Oh, five dollar mixes. Um, I mean, where are you going to find a dollar mix in Auckland? I mean, what what would be a dollar mix in Wellington is probably a five dollar mix in Auckland. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. Uh, a dollar a dollar mix of lollies. Ah, oh. do- no, no, we we'll, we'll got those. Where? Uh, uh, the dairy is off my road. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I can bring some next time. <laughs> and I'm back with some dollar mix. <laughs> that all great caught. bit. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, yeah. I, it was a bad bit. You're right. <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's been it's been like twelve episodes since we did since we did the bad bit segment. <laughs> I feel like we've expanded the bad bit segment to yeah. the whole podcast. Yeah. If you don't remember our phone call from Mr. Thomas oh, Harris, no, that's, that's such a good bit. That might be my favorite bit we've ever done. <laughs> it's, either, it's either that or me talking about um, me talking about what the ending to Humphrey Red October should be. <laughs> I think you realizing while you're saying it how much you hate the end of Over Her Dead oh, Body, <laughs> like it's being being in the room with someone just realized how bizarre and existential that film is. So, um, and so, yeah, so, so she, she she goes to her <laughs> uncle and says, "I want to take out, uh, I, I want to take a half of my five thousand dollars." Yeah, and he says, uh, "Well, this is uh, this is very unbusinesslike of you. Yeah. Why don't you just take all of it out?" <laughs> Classic. You kind of can't tell if he's being sarcastic or not. <laughs> I, uh, that is the one problem with intertitles is yeah. that they struggle with tone. Yeah, yeah. So he, he says, "Why don't you just take all of it out?" And she's like, "Well, you yeah, know, I will take all of it out." So she takes all of her five thousand dollars and she yeah. uh, sort of runs off. Um, and then the, the the two of them sort of meet up again. Yeah, and I, I can't quite remember how that happens. No, well, uh, she goes home with the money, and uh, we see that because there, there's another time dash before we saw her going right. to get the money. I believe mm. um and, and so she goes home and we see now that the house is 
a shell yeah. uh, lit in this uh, kind of incredible chiaroscuro light, these god beams through the windows. And he's there and she's like, oh, you're back. Very quickly, this escalates into him murdering her and yes. stealing the money. So this movie is now one of three movies that I know of on this yeah. list that our silent film was about a man uh, either murdering or attempting to murder his wife. I mean... Uh, so we've got about 78 episodes until we get to another one. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hit one before then. Yeah. Maybe but, that's but why like, Chaplin's uh, on the run in Gold Rush. But yeah, so I, I just want all of you to be on the lookout for number 12 on the list, which is Jean Vigo's Atlanta, and number four on the list, which is F.W. Murnell's uh, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, yep. uh, which is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, and of course, number one on the list, Vertigo, another silent film about a man uh, trying to kill his wife. Yes, it's obviously, you know, it, it's good to have, it's good to like, you know, <laughs> As time is progressing, like uh, filmmakers and film critics are getting, kind of get, get, getting more, more and more diverse. Yeah, but I'm just sort of annoyed. But like, I know for a fact that like in in 2022, when the next Sight and Sound list comes out, there'll be fewer films. Uh, uh, there'll be fewer films about uh, about how great men murdering their wives are. And I'm just like, you know, I think we've lost something as a culture. You know, All I when want. we can't enjoy men murdering their wives we, as much. We are. We are. This is our first pre-echo tr- teaser trailer. Uh, of the 24-hour live stream we're going to do on in 2022 when uh, the new list comes out. And I'm just saying now that if Yee Yee and A Brighter Summer Day are not further up the list... Oh, I, 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 I can guarantee they will be because I'll be voting for them. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I will... I'll, I like you will see a meltdown <laughs> yeah. on camera. Oh, absolutely. Like you know how when you see like YouTubers or live streamers just have a really bad day and just start behaving like a toddler. I want you to imagine that by like times a hundred. <laughs> I, I just remember. Can I rewind? So here's the thing about Man <laughs> Man of Steel um, oh, sure. that I think applies to. No, we can get to that when we get yeah, to yeah, the, we the just us we the can. just ice leak and what I presume is the fifth or seventh hour of this podcast as as von Stroheim himself <laughs> would have wanted um, and so he immediately um, McTeague goes on the run he goes on the run uh, yeah. out west yeah he, he he goes down to Death Valley yep uh, he, he's hiding under the name uh, uh, Potter which is the name of the dentist who trained him right uh, so in a way his kind of Mr. Ripley style subsumation of that identity is both complete and incomplete. He won't the bag of gold coins uh, that uh, he stole from his wife. He always keeps it with him. Mm. But there are wanted posters out for him. Yeah, when he gets into town, Marcus sees him. Yeah, because Marcus has been living out uh, near, near the sort of desert. Yeah, Ma- uh, uh, yeah, Marcus said when he was leaving, he was like, I'm off to be a rancher. So, yeah. yeah. I assume Marcus has like, heard about his hot cousin being murdered. Yeah. I think when your hot cousin is murdered, it's like a disturbance in the force. Like, you don't need to read a newspaper. You just know. Like, no, my hot cousin. <laughs> I mean, like I wanted to marry her and steal I her mean, like, lottery. That, that, that's basically a scene in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, we like Luke's hanging off a thing, and Les like, "Oh no, my hot brother!" <laughs> I can sense I, him. I mean, it's also from memory. Like a lot of Bollywood films have things like that in them. We need. When are we? We need to put a Bo- We need to get a Bollywood film up. In sure, this. but I have. I I have no knowledge of Bollywood films. Oh, good. I'll. I'll. Uh, we, I've considered buying a Sajid Ray box set a couple yeah. times, and that's as far as my knowledge. Oh, of and that's goes. not like. Yeah, yeah. I wanna. I cannot remember what it's called, but like the you, Bollywood you, you, remake. You, you want to watch like a four-hour-long musical about the four-hour-long musical like remake of Fight Club or Reservoir right. Dogs. Right. <laughs> 
And like, Dick, yeah. like, I, I want to be, cl- I, I, I'm just, I'm so aware that so much of, of the like Western cinema discourse about Bollywood is like, uh, isn't it crazy? Yeah. And it's is, so over the top and is like sniffy and looking down yeah. on it. And it's like, no, no, no. Like when I talk about how much, how silly and ridiculous Bollywood films are, I, that is a intended on their end and be a genuine virtue. Yeah, right. Like I, 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 I just don't want to seem like someone who's like, who those crazy guys? No, like there, I mean, like there are also massive systemic problems in that film industry as there are in all of them. Yeah. Um, but any except for New Zealand we've done our film industry perfectly no issues here I don't like the only way you can have a good film industry is by having one overbearing formerly talented person in charge of a large part of it do you say like formally or formerly like they have formal talent or they were formally talented I mean both of those things are true in charge of a a large we at the end of Justice Justice League got production credit from New Zealand on film yeah because they did some of that computer generated immorage at Weta I presume or um, maybe they did some post at Park Road and let me just say uh, 100,000% fuck that and fuck the administration that put that into place and fuck the administrations that have allowed that to stay instead of putting money like that into local films yeah the same people who let that happen are the same people who like Peter Teal become a New Zealander which is like fucking outrageous I I, like but I don't think the like I like I understand like the reason neoliberals ran and won was because people wanted neoliberal policy and that's what they got. The fact that our ostensibly leftist or left yeah. center left kind government who like uh, smiling away about how great everything is, are refusing to undo these things. I do. I'm. Ju- it's like a week out from the end of voting here, and I know you're in the future, and it's probably Jacinda, um, uh, 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 in power alone because. Yeah, and well, no, it's everyone knows. Look, I've been saying this for months. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Jacinda. And then it's going to be Deputy Prime Minister Peter Dunn. <laughs> He's coming back, guys. Uh, oh, Peter, old Pedro Dunovsky. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a colourful bow tie and nothing else. <laughs> he has silly yeah, hair. No, he, yeah, there's a real magic bike moment for him. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> I, how sad is it that Peter Dunn kind of fell out of politics just outside of time to there to be real good Peter Dunn magic mic memes? Um, I'm, I might make some myself. Uh, check out our, our Twitter page at uh, https colon slash slash www.twitter.com. That's M for Motherbox <laughs> slash. <laughs> S H I T E S O U N D P O D. That's H T T B S colon slash slash. Oh, he looks like he's about to eat the microphone. Oh, I was going to try and do a David Correos. Oh, I mean. Cannot open my mouth that wide. Uh, David Correos on my hand can fit a whole microphone in his mouth. I and mean, it is very upsetting to watch. 
Nah, nah, nah. No, 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 no. Not worth trying. Shout out to David. Great comedian. Lovely guy. So it kind of comes down to, uh, as McTeague becomes more and more paranoid, with good reason, he, he, he gets a horse, he steals a horse from his friend, and he goes out in, into the wasteland, into yep. the desert, just desperate, in, just in, to be with his mum. Into Death mon- Valley. Into, into Death Valley, and uh, Marcus goes after him. Well, and there's like a whole like sheriff's gang that comes after him. Yeah. And the sheriff and all the men are like, oh, we're not going to go through Death Valley, it's suicide, we'll, we'll go around and, and hit him off. And then Marcus is like, fuck you, I'm not a deputy, I can do what I want. And he, he's like, I'm going to go through Death Valley and follow him. And so we, we see McTeague, and he's going through Death Valley, he's like imagining snakes and shooting at things, and he, yeah. he drinks from a watering hole. Then you see Marcus coming after him, and Marcus's horse dies because McTeague drank all the watering hole water. Yeah. And uh, then Marcus, you know, keeps falling through the desert and uh, sneaks up on him while he's asleep. Yeah. And instead of kissing him, like this movie has taught us we should do to sleeping <laughs> people, he comes up with a gun and is like, Bah, I've got you. <laughs> then there's kind of a, a confrontation. A the, scuffle? A, a, a scuffle. Michael Scoufle, mm-hmm. um, and, and where it ends is McTeague is the only person left alive, but he's handcuffed yeah, to Marcus's just, corpse. Just, just like the Jim Jarmusch film. Um, <laughs> cuffed to Marcus's corpse. His horse is dead. His horse is dead. Uh, his water canteen had yeah. a hole shot through it. And so all, he, he's, it's it's like, you know, he got the money, but he's got nothing else. Yeah. And uh, the camera pulls back into what I presume is a crane shot, but uh, it's beautiful. And he and he turns to the camera and says, "That's all, folks." <laughs> I was going to go with it's a living, <laughs> um, and then it says, "Finis." Yep. And it um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Sound. What we haven't talked about it. We didn't talk about like the Asphalt Symphonies score. You know, it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like, if I, I think it's an interesting way to watch. Uh, the film, yeah. yeah, with people kind of improvising along, I think. The sound was recorded live, so mm. you you get people in the audience like coughing and chuckling at yeah. bits. And like, when the movie ends, you hear a bunch of people applauding. Yeah. yeah. And it's on Vimeo. Check that out at Vimeo.com. Slash. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, 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 shut down. Shut down. <laughs> shut down. Shut down. I'm just, what, I wonder what comes up when you search Vimeo Greed. Oh man! Uh. Oh, there is a version um, where they've recut the recreation to the music of Johnny Greenwood. Oh, um, so what? Maybe we'll watch oh, that. Maybe, maybe that's where his snowman score. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Johnny Greenwood scores: is that they're all uh, really good. That's that's my hard take on Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So sorry, uh, sorry, who didn't get the URL earlier? That's of course https colon slash slash vimeo dot com slash two six one two two six eight seven four. That's https colon slash slash v i m e o dot c o m for motherbox slash. <laughs> Two six one two two six eight seventy four. Now, so that, that <laughs> like, so that that that, that uh, uh, so like that that collection of uh, uh, that collection of letters and numbers right at the end there, uh, just numbers. Like, uh, what was it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, that 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 makes my question irrelevant. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that makes it's all sorted. Imagine, uh, wouldn't it be... <coughs> so, I'm back in the satire zone. Satire zone. <laughs> I think 
that Trump and Putin are gay. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! No, I was oh, just, uh... I did it. Can you imagine if politicians these days were actually, uh, honest? What if... Tr- Look at this puppet I made of a politician. Ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba. See, here's the thing. Uh, the, uh, the world's fucked. <laughs> the end. He's still pretending the puppet is there. It's a sock puppet, from what I can tell, or like a simple felt puppet. Uh, he's doing... <laughs> to what is... What, okay, you need to explain to me what you thought the other arm was doing in there. I know. So he was... Maybe he was, he was just having a good time, you know? Okay, so uh, just for the audio... Just to look, paint okay, a look, picture. He, he, my, my pitch is that Kermit was at a nightclub <laughs> where he felt like he had to fit in, but he didn't really... Like, he didn't feel comfortable, you know? So he, he, was, he was trying to dance and then, like, immediately feeling, like... No, this is this is this isn't me. This isn't the real Kermit. Who is the real Kermit? I mean, like Jim Henson. <laughs> no, but like when he like when he's at I mean, home, like, he, he's, he's just a simple banjo playing frog. He likes sitting a log and and sing a song about yeah, about 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 rainbows, about about about, about being green, about all yeah. about all the stuff, about all the stuff frogs care about, you know? Yeah. But do you think like oh, I love Kermit? What do you think, what Kermit and Miss Piggy argue about? I mean. Uh, I, I I know what Kermit argues about, <laughs> which he argues about the fact that he's not actually in a relationship with her. <laughs> oh, is the oh yeah true? She is very much for McTeague in in, in in their relationship. I like my read. Like every single scene that Kermit makes from the Muppet Show, he invests <laughs> just to keep it away from her. Like he 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 forced her to sign a prenup. I think that Kermit is uh, a shitty fuckboy who is like banging Miss Piggy left right and center. He's going ham on that ham and but has then been like oh but we're just friends we're not really in a relationship even though you know oh, so he, he's a real Timothy Chalamet and Ladybird uh, yeah okay so fun yeah great the film yeah 1924 I, I already said it sound uh, okay yeah well I think it's sound yeah 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 I mean it's pretty hard so here here's what I want to get back to and I think it's a good way to start talking about Joss Whedon Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League the Snyder Cut the Whedon Cut the tweet I did in 2013 written, when, uh, written of course by Chris Terrio our greatest living writer yeah Sicario nope what am I thinking of you what's his film what's the, his good film Argo. Ah, uh. yeah, not 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 even that good a film. I Although mean, it did win Best Picture. I mean, every yeah, no, like Chris Terrio wrote a Best Picture winning movie. I bet Argo also won Best Screenplay. My tweet review of Man of Steel was: the problem with Man of Steel is that at some point in production, Zack Snyder will have said, "It'll be great. It'll be like nine eleven times a thousand <laughs> And no one stopped him. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And like, uh, that's what they all are. And and while while Finn is just fueling his rage by doom scrolling towards the information of Chris Terrio's Oscar status, um, I'll just uh, the DC Extended Universe. That's the sequence of films. So Argo received seven nominations at the 85th Academy Awards and won three for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Mm. What didn't it win? Probably no. like actually good film, best animated, and um, best Bostonian director. <laughs> so I realised while looking up the list of DCEU films, you know, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, and uh, Birds of Prey, yep. is that I have seen all of those films... 
but this has absolutely no purchase in my mind. Yeah. We start off talking about greed by ranking the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So I, I think we, we, we should do the same thing with, with the Monday equivalent of the seven deadly sins, <laughs> which are the DC movies. Okay, yeah. For Best Picture, Argo was up against uh, uh, was up against Amor uh, by Michael Haneke. Yeah. Uh, it was up against Beast of the Southern Wild, uh, Django Unchained, uh, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, I'd give it to almost any other film on that list. Yeah. Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, it was up against Beast of the Southern Wild, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook. I'd give it to any of them but Silver Linings. Okay. I fucking you, you just hate David or Russell? No, I like I the first two acts of that film are good. Okay. And then the third act being like, but dancing cures mental illness uh, makes me effervescent with rage. <laughs> Here's a thing to throw a span in the works at the very start, because obviously while they are not part of the continuity, these films are all post Nolan Batman. Like yes. he is a producer on them. Right, right and like yeah. they are re- like Man of Steel wants to be what what is Christopher Nolan's Batman Superman? Yes. Um so should we include those in no. the list? Okay, I think we should. Uh sound sound shite. Yeah. But man, there are some real sound bits of that shite film. <laughs> Just none of them involving the word Robin. Okay, so we'll go through all, all, all of the, the DCEU films. Man of Steel. Shite. Shite, yeah, yeah. Batman vs. Superman, Shite. Shite. Justice. Shite. Shite. Suicide Squad. Shite. Shite. Wonder Woman. Uh, like, kind of... Marginal like, shite. Ma- I'd say marginal sound. We will get into this a lot, but I just, my, my reaction to that film is like, Patty Jenkins knows how to shoot an action scene. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Gal Gadot has, like... Does she have the look of Wonder Woman? Yep. Can she hit some beats? Yeah. I just do not think she... There is... I just don't think she is strong. Like, there are a lot of times where it feels like she's not acting, she's just pretending. Like, right. you can see the real her. And, and, like, she's done worse things. Imagine, imagine she's done worse things. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so... Sorry. Yeah, marginal shine. Right? Yeah. Justice League. I mean, shite. Yeah, shite. Yeah, yeah. Aquaman. Marginal sound. I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I have a marginal sound and marginal shite. Like, oh, the bits of Aquaman I like are the fact that it's James Wan with a huge budget just flipping out. Yeah, of any of these movies, I think Aquaman has the highest highs, but also I find it, uh, I, I find a lot of it to be very boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shazam, marginal sound for me. Shazam's major problem uh, is the fact that it needs to dial back its violence like 10% so that you could just be like, oh no, that is the that like kids like five six seven year olds growing up in a world of superheroes will want to see superhero films but almost all of them are inappropriate and i just wish that they like the those smoke demons didn't bite people's heads off right so you could be like oh no that's it's the first superhero film i i i just wish that the 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 final fight uh didn't take 20 minutes and wasn't uh super dull yeah um uh, 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 and then uh, then birds of prey uh sound sound yeah Handily the best. Yep. Um, you got you got Margot Robbie. You got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You got other people. You're yeah. Ewan McGregor. It's, uh, good. it's great. Every action beat is fun and extends character. Yep. Every performance is charismatic and entertaining. And there's a good joke every thirty seconds. It, it, it's got like uh, maybe maybe the only scene in cinema where like someone does cocaine as a joke that I didn't find incredibly irritating. Uh, you've been all right with me doing coke right before all of our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that explains my oh, oh, wisecracking <laughs> fast style. 
explains your your real Wolf of Wall Street energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 it's me, Al Pacino. From Wall Street. I feel like I could have been in that film. Hoo-ha. Dark day afternoon. Heat. Yeah. Say hello to my little friend, Leonardo DiCaprio, the Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Belfort. Fuck you. Hey, Marty. Oh, the drug scene in Wolf of Wall Street, but it's not cocaine when he takes the, the no, beans. I, I, I also don't like that scene, though. I, I know people love that scene. I, I, I find it incredibly boring. Have you, no, what's I, the I, hardest... I, I, do, I, don't, I don't like Wolf of Wall Street. What is the hardest drug you've ever taken? And I'm assuming it's prescription. Panadol. What is the most I've... altered state you've ever been in? Probably when I've been, like, very tired. <laughs> I've, like, I, I, think, I, think that, I think that's about it. That makes sense to me as to why you find that scene boring. I haven't seen all of Scorsese's movies from the, from the 2010s. Yeah. But there is no way that I end up liking uh, H- like Hugo and Silence less than I like Wolf of Wall Street. I think the, that's his worst movie of the 2010s. I, yeah. I, like, I no, like it, it's a movie that is well, that like it's well made and it's well acted. I just don't care about anything that's happening in it. And they need to be meaner to their lead character. Like, yeah. I understand yeah. that it's like, supposed like, to all be an like irony, he, but... Like he should have brought yeah. some of that fucking after hours energy to Wolf of Wall Street. Like, like, like after hours is a movie that like has so much fun, just like mocking and destroying its main character. Oh, a. Yeah. It's too, it ends up, like, it is the fact that you read that review that was just a description of seeing it in the cinema nearest Wall Street and it being a bunch of bankers being like, yeah, woo! Right, yeah. And it's like, no, that means the film has failed. Yeah. But it's still good fun, I thought. I saw it with my mum. Yeah. Which was, you know, it was fine, actually. We're both adults at this point. Um, it was on Christmas Day. Day after Christmas? Maybe Christmas Day. <laughs> Remember the days of the old Boxing Day? You used to see Wolf Wall Street. <laughs> That's it. I can't. I don't really remember the tune of how that song goes. Well, I don't know what song it was. Remember the days of the old school? Yeah, it's Cat Stevens. Well, I don't listen to Cat Stevens. But like, surely you've picked it up through pop cultural no, osmosis. No, one of the things that I am best at is avoiding pop culture and specifically music that I'm not interested in. Oh, but you don't. How do you know if you're interested in it if you've not heard it? He's a cat. It's the same thing with like Polanski. I, I don't give a shit how good it is. I'm just not interested in it. Oh, is 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 Yusuf Islam a bad man? He publicly supported the murder of Salman Rushdie. He probably mm-hmm. called for people to, to murder Look, someone rushed in. As, as a diehard Padmalakshmi fan, I also... <laughs> <laughs> you know, what can I say? Um, I mean, no, like, look, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair reason to not like someone rushed in. <laughs> no, but not the reason Yusuf Islam was going for. Yeah. Okay, if yeah. you're like the Ayatollah of, of Iran got a, got offended by a book and, and started yeah. paying people to to murder him and people who worked with him, well, it just depends. Is he was he offended by the satanic verses yeah. or the bit in Rushdie's biography where he's very mean about Padmalakshmi? <laughs> it was it was from the satanic verses. Uh-huh, okay. Oh. Because because Yusuf Islam d- did the thing that like all Western converts to Islam do, where they get just too into Islam. <laughs> Yep, that is, I feel like, a good observation to make, but I also worry about going deeper into it. Uh, look, j- j- just watch the movie Four Lions, <laughs> which has uh, a, a a very funny character based on that idea. Oh, man. 
What a film. So good. Chris Morris, if you're listening. Like, the, the perfect number of lions, quite frankly. I th- I still, when I work as a creator, when I'm, when I'm writing, I think about how the climax of Four Lions, which is terrorists attempting to bomb a public event, yeah. um, which is simultaneously um, one of the funniest things on film and one of the most upsetting and frightening things yeah simultaneously and it's just like the synthesis uh, of that uh, and, is and also incredible like, and also like like filled with pathos and oh. like so sad well and it should be like the pitch for that film being like well it, it's kind of like a comedy about suicide bombers yeah and you kind of want to be like there is no way <laughs> this is okay yeah and it absolutely is <laughs> like it, yeah Chris Morris. Uh, now, like, going to go back into the satire zone for a second. Chris Morris good at satire. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Like, the th- I've, I, I tried, uh, while ripping DVDs, I tried rewatching some of his uh, The Day-to-Day in Brass uh, yeah. and, and the biggest problem with them isn't that they've aged poorly. It's that uh, his satire is too good and too much of it has come uh, true. Yes, yes. Um, like, he, he called too many shots uh, that, that were accurate. If anyone has not seen Peter Geddon, uh, it might, might be the funniest half hour of television ever made. I, I, you have to watch Peter Geddon, which is a special episode of Brass Eye, in the knowledge that that was coming out at the absolute peak of what's let's term pedophile mania in the British media, yeah. where all, where like, like the sun was essentially, and let's be clear, pedophiles uh, <laughs> some of the worst criminals in the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they're 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 so bad that I agree that when Hannibal Lecter kills Mason Verger, a pedophile, uh, Hannibal Lecter is the hero in that situation. Just got to call back to old Mace Maso Virgi, uh, Mason Mason. Vi- no, yep. uh, good stuff. What you miss at home is that Finn was saying that dismissive comment while scrolling through his phone. <laughs> Uh, but which he's now put away. Um, uh, is uh, the like every front page of like the Sun and the Daily Mail was like doxing pedophiles to attempt to get people or, or to murder like, them, or, or like doxing it, like suspected pedophile in England at this time. There was like at least one time where a pediatrician's office was burnt down yep. because people saw the word pediatrician and thought it was the same thing as pedophile. Yeah, and, and so Chris Morris did a did a forty minute satire on that, and I think that there's one point where um, he has a pedophile played by Simon Pegg yeah. in the stocks and uh, brings out. Do you remember what his character was called? <laughs> no. So Simon Pegg is playing a character called Gerard Choate, <laughs> who is the leader of uh, uh, who is the leader of Militpede, a militant <laughs> pedophile organization. <laughs> And, and and Chris Morris brings out his son uh, and says, are you attracted to my son? And Simon Pegg says, uh, no, I don't fancy him. And Chris Morris has a brief moment of a faint look of irritation and annoyance uh, on his face. And that that is one that is one of two times that a single joke like moment has made me laugh so much I can't breathe. <laughs> um, the other is when Homer runs into the room with a knife and a husky mask <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, in, in, in the Cape Fear. A parody episode yeah, of The yeah. Simpsons. Oh, God, such, um, such a good catch. Uh, but anyway, uh, where well, we've been. It's, it's also important to know that, like, when, when Peter Giddens uh, came out, uh, the, it got more complaints than any other thing that had ever been broadcast <laughs> on British television. Yeah, and it's also the, the first TV work of Charlie Brooker. Yeah, it's great. It's on YouTube. 
in uh, in like 144p. So we've been circling it for a while now in our up here in this dirigible of uh, cultural commentary. And on the ground, borne aloft by hilarious jokes. <laughs> yeah, filled with the laughter of our audience. And I see below us, uh, you know, when whales get, get washed up on shore and they die and they rot and they start to explode. It's a big carcass like that. But if I look close, it's not a whale. It says, oh, it's, it's, it's a featured film uh, called The Just Ice League. Yeah, nothing but ice. Uh, yeah, and there no like, ice base. Uh, uh, look, is it's, it's it's Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Um. It's uh, it's it's the fridge that Harrison Ford uh, goes in and uh, um in Indiana Jones uh, uh Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Yeah. It's, it's Bobby it's, Drake, it's, the Iceman from X Men. Yeah. It's a fridge that Joker gets in and Joker. It's the there's a good meat fridge. There's a meat fridge fight in. A raid, isn't there? Uh, no, you're, you're thinking of The Night Comes For Us. I that, am indeed. Yes. You may have seen that scene again recently when uh, uh, when, when a Twitter account called No Context Violence uh, posted it, I, and I retweeted it by saying, this is the movie I watch uh, to come down after a panic attack. That is... Which is a thing that's true about me. That's not a joke. I just stop making sense. I mean, look, that, that look. Like, so, okay, so here, here, here are the four movies. Okay. Right, like, so... The Night Comes For Us, yeah. uh, which is two hours of incredibly upsetting Indonesian ultraviolence. <laughs> yep. The Apartment, which is a romantic comedy from 1960, yep. uh, with, with Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon. Stop Making Sense, the, the Talking Heads concert documentary, and Patterson, the Jim Jarmusch movie about Adam, about Adam Driver driving a bus. For, um, four fine choices, <laughs> but Finn, I just cannot more emphatically state this, that you need to find someone to hold you in those moments. <laughs> like, maybe you don't, but I feel like your life would improve. You just got to put yourself out there. Just start, you know, um, doing your flirting, which is your firm statements of facts. Yep. Be like, sup, I'm Finn Sound Nicholas. <laughs> you may know me from my morning zoo show and YouTube unboxing channel. Um, uh, and you should wear a, a t shirt <laughs> with your own face on it. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm fucking Bernie Mac at Def Jam. <laughs> yeah. Just got my own face in my pants. I, <laughs> just walk up to a woman and say, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> I, th- I think, no, I, in my head it's just a t-shirt with your head on it and underneath it, uh, it says in, in, impact, in impact text, this man is caring and available. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like, not as right wing as I appear... Aesthetically, I can't remember what the text was going to be, but there was a period where I was considering uh, g- getting a custom T-shirt made, which was just me. Uh, uh, which was just me uh, <laughs> standing in, a, in like a cruiser. Yeah. Uh, okay. There, there was going to be some hilarious thing under it, but I can't remember what it was. Standing in a crucifix pose is the thing he was yeah. saying when he put the microphone down to do a crucifix pose. <laughs> to tea posing, I think that the youth of today. Yeah, which I I don't call it that because. I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not a I'm not a cool youth anymore. Uh, I mean, you were never cool. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't agree. No, it I've, just seems I've, like bullying. I've absolutely never considered myself cool or wanted to be a cool person. I 
I like my problem well, is you that know, I, I I want to be cool in primary school yeah. and and then uh, and then so all through year five and year six <laughs> I wore nothing but camouflage gear <laughs> all the time. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> I want to be both cool and invisible. Look. <laughs> Everything I learned about you growing up <laughs> um, makes me just so happy that you're not a serial killer. When I describe you to other people... <laughs> when I describe you to other people, <laughs> I say, like, Finn's great, but he is one change in his timeline away from being outright, oh, you know? Like, absolutely. And I say that, like, I feel that in myself yeah. uh, as well. The first thing to know about <laughs> the production credit <laughs> beginning uh, begin with a montage of all of your favorite DC characters. That's right. Yep. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and the Cyborg. rest. People know about Green Lantern. People know about The Flash. Yeah, no, Green Lantern have a whole movie that everyone loved. Directed, directed by our greatest New Zealander. I mean, and a, a Taika. All right, he, he's in there. Right, he's yeah. In there. yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not being like Martin Campbell and Ta- Taika Waititi are the same man. Ah, oh, like I, 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 I just like I just forgot that he was in that for a second and didn't know what you were talking about. No, it's, uh, it's fine. Um, with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and uh, and Blake Blake Lively, Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. Hey, the rhythm section is her yep. name. Uh, a, old, a simple rhythm section. <laughs> a shallow, simple <laughs> was rhythm section. Rhythm, just briefly in recommendation corner, I don't like 100% love it, but the rhythm section is a sound attempt by the, the people who make... It's by Eon Productions mm. to make uh, who make Bond who make the Bond films. Right. Um, being like, what other films we make? And the, them trying to do like a European thriller with a few beats of action in it and it's very clear that their production partners were like no no we thought you'd make us bond but she's a woman yeah. and so they buried it and they they missold it right. but like they're just like every single thing about a female spy has to have something to do with percussion in it yeah now this one's a rhythm section there's also a little drummer girl yeah directed by park yeah. chan wook which i haven't seen yet that's good it's, it's, it's got florence pew in it what more can you want Michael Shannon. I see him as well. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. No. Oh. Uh, yes. It, little Drummer Girl. It's good. Um, check it out. It's of of the like perpetual Le Carre adaptations yeah. coming out of. Oh, uh, 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 speaking of people who uh, uh, who supported the murder of Salman Rushdie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> John, John, Le- John, John Le Carre, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Tinker, Taylor, soldier, why, John? <laughs> you look so upset with me. Well, I, I, I just hate remembering the fact that, like, well, like, like, like 20 years ago, so much of the, like, literary, like, so, so many people were just like, yeah, we think it's acceptable for, for this, for this fucking theocratic maniac to, like, to, to, like, pay money to have a writer and his like translators murdered i mean but enough about jk Rowling. <laughs> oh look i'd support that <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> so the, justice league smash cut no so not since the beginning of the 2017 mummy film with the logo for the dark universe yeah. sequence of films uh, um 
has has there been a more desperately called shot? And like as much as we as we have gone and listed the DCEU, it's really interesting to know that it's like Man of Steel happened and did okay, not yeah. great. And then Venva waited three years and put out like ten. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Like the film. Eight crazy nights. I was called Sir Seven Evan. <laughs> Hmm. With um, with uh, 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 with that box, what one what's in it? Yeah, no, no, I'm, no idea. Who's the funniest pull from Seven? Um, I mean, I can only remember three act, no, four actors from Seven. Yeah. So, I mean, like the funniest pull from Seven is the is the knife dildo. Oh God, no! Uh. Yeah, it's not a funny movie. <laughs> like that's the thing about Seven. Not a whole lot of jokes in that. Oh. Cl- is Chloe Seven? No, no, fuck, I'm thinking of Zodiac. Chloe Seven years yeah. of Zodiac. Oh, that's an Ali Ermi joint. John C. McGinlow. Oh. Richard Roundtree. Richard. Richard Roundtree's in Seven? Mark Boone Jr. Holy shit. And of course, uh, the rest of the cast, who are like Brad Pitt, who, you oh, know. Leland Orser's in it. Crazed Man in Massage, massage Parlor. Yeah, but that, that, that's, that's classic Leland Orser. <laughs> From The Guest. Oh, right. Yeah, yes, of course. I just don't know his name. Yeah. He's also in Faults with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which is oh. great in. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Good. Good. If you're out there, Mary, pity about the Die Hard films, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure that bought her a house. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it did. I'm, I'm sure her, her and you are, 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 are doing, doing great together. But when she walks through that house, she has to think, like, I did have to work with Bruce Willis for this. <laughs> so Justice League <laughs> begins with this clear statement. Look at all these heroes. We're showing you but smattering. so many movies star, starring, starring, these, starring these four friends, these yeah. seven friends. Uh, it's going to be an incredible time. And it like it's also telling that when this film came out, because it was like Man of Steel was like it's, I don't like that film, but yeah. it seemed to do okay. Yeah, uh, and then the next one that came out after that was uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, uh, which uh, is a bomb, right? Like it did poorly. No one likes it. It's justifiably ridiculed. Yeah, no, it's 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 a terrible movie with with a lot of defenders online. But it is already. But like it is like that is like it is like Marvel jumping from Iron. Man to the next film being like Captain America the Winter Soldier. Well, sort of, but it's also like one of the things that Dawn of Justice does is it puts in the middle of a movie uh, a bunch of trailers for upcoming movies. Yeah. It's like if Iron Man 2 was like, okay, here's a little teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it kind of is there a bit. B-V-S-D-O-J makes a lot of the same mistakes as Iron Man 2, Mm. but without any of the charm. Yeah. Would have saved Dawn of Justice immediately if someone had... uh, uh, someone had electric whips. <laughs> just, just, it's easy to do. No, if there's one thing that could have saved Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, it's an Elon Musk cameo. But so it's already like, oh no. And then that was followed by Suicide Squad that was a joke immediately. Yeah. No matter how much I love Slipknot. Yeah. People aren't just people just aren't taking Suicide Squad seriously. And, and then Wonder Woman happens, and like Wonder Woman, big success, billion dollars, people mm. love it. It's fine. Um, I love David Thewlis as a villain, but there's yep. a lot. Of, uh, but also, like, or even then, four films into the series, people were deliberately like liking it despite it being a DC y- film. Yes. And so now we get to this point where they're all coming together, and it is like. 
we're going to get a rocket to the moon. Cut to the moon where it is just this rocket that's on fire. People are screaming. And of course, like Justice League was written by Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio. And then uh, Zack Snyder had to leave the production due mm. to uh, unfortunate personal circumstances. Yeah, a, a, a real actual tragedy, which we won't make yeah, jokes yeah, about. Uh, like uh, an actual sad thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and no one deserves to have a no, tragedy no, in their lives. Uh, and they brought in uh, a renowned feminist and philanderer. Uh, uh, Josiah Whedon to to um, to pu- to punch it up, shoot some reshoots, and yeah. what ended up is what I would term precisely two hours. Um, uh, it is two hours and ten minutes long, and I, I feel like that might just be a frame rate thing. Like it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the same problem as intolerance. Uh, it, it it is exactly, uh, yeah, no, and, and uh, you know, if like. Watching it for the second time, I am struck by how much of it feels like a reshoot. Mm. The whole, f- it kind of feels like all the special effects Snyder shot, and then Joss Whedon was like, "I need to make a new plot. There need to be new jokes." Yeah. When Just League came out, no one liked it. All the Snyder fans were like, "It's not Snyder's vision. This has uh, this has jokes in it. We, yeah. can- we cannot abide this." And uh, and at least in some sort, it was like a slightly better critical reception than the previous ones because people, cause like some critics, were like, "Oh, like this is." This isn't trying to punish you for daring to watch it. Both Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice want you to feel like watching the movie is like some form of religious penance. Well, and like the central thematic question of both of those films is should Superman save humanity? And, and like Superman is a god, he looks down on us and what does he see? Yeah. Which is real grim going and is pretty fucked up because you're aiming for commercial success mm. in a popular art form. So the answer is has to be yes and like as much as I were, like we were talking and that like the proper Zack Snyder version of Batman vs Superman isn't like Batman vs Super is Batman and Superman get into a disagreement and then realise it because both of their mums have the same name and then a mutant Michael Shannon kills Superman yeah. it's like they have a like Batman kills Superman and it's like I had to kill God because he would not save us like that's actually what the film should be yeah. and then Justice League should be be like them it's like uh, i i am the man who killed god and now i have to bring the devil back to save us from you know mm. from from angels i don't you understand yeah, 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 that yeah. Uh, but it because it is 250 million dollar films films that will have in total cost a billion dollars each if you account for distribution and paying people to show them and yeah and, and, and fucking marketing and marketing yeah. and so of course superman is going to save people so you just get these and repeated exercises and you can see it in just you can decode in Justice League that again it is supposed to be a film that like, we brought Superman back will he save us but like Joss Whedon just shot a scene where it was like oh nah he he see his girl and so he could um uh, and it's like, well, no, if, will he save us? And Kevin Costner going like, you don't have responsibility to anyone. And you just, you just want to be like, but you do. You're yeah. Superman. Like, You're in we, a- we all have responsibilities to each other. That's, that's what it means to exist. And... Yeah, and it is also just a kind of faintly libertarian idea. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a real Brad Birdiness to it. It's like special people don't owe us anything. The only thing they're accountable to is their genius and power. Except, I, I think that Brad Bird does think that they're like special people do owe us something. What the Incredibles films get, like, are, are trying to get at is like if you have extraordinary power, you owe it to other people to try and help them. Now, like, 
I'm I'm sure we'll discuss this more in depth when we get to number five on the list, Tomorrowland. (laughs) (laughs) Why, like, if I could put an action film on the BFI list, it would be Ghost Protocol. Right, yeah. Oh, Fallout of a Helicopter is good. But, like, if you had to be, like, what is one action film? Like, one mainstream action film for the world to yeah, see. I'll, I'll do The Raid 2. Yeah, that, I, I, that falls outside what my definition of mainstream okay. is. Okay, well, yeah, it might be Fallout then. Yeah. With the sort of, like, libertarianness of, yeah. of, of Zack Snyder's yeah. uh, Superman movies, one of the explanations that uh, Snyder fans have come up with to explain why uh, Joss Whedon came in and did this reshoots and rewrites that are totally at odds with what Zack Snyder, like, tries to do with his movies. Which, and, and, and like, uh, sorry, I'll, yeah. I will let you get to your yeah. point but like uh, the thing i want to stress is that like uh josh whedon has has i think done a bad job in, yes. in reconstructing this film and where i differ with the snyder fans is that i i look at this and i go like oh someone has arrived on a bad film and made it into a different kind of bad right, film yeah but sorry your point yeah it's been known for, for, for quite a while but like one of Zack snyder's like 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 big goals as, as a filmmaker is to make an adaptation of ayn rand's film the fountainhead and now that movie is uh, uh, is about an architect who is kind of designing his like ultimate masterpiece. At a certain point in the process, he gets uh, his control of the project taken away from him by inferiors and, and, and mediocrities. And so what he does is he chooses to completely sabotage and destroy his project so that no one will ever see the imperfect version of it. And uh, there are a lot of Snyder fans who believe that that's what uh, Zack Snyder did when when he, saying like he purposely brought in Joss Whedon because he knew that Joss Whedon would fuck up his vision. More more than anyone else and uh that is just flatly yeah no that's that's, no. that's nonsense when, when you're bringing in the guy who made the avengers yeah to save justice league <laughs> you're not like i want this to be bad eh yeah people who are like committed dc fans but like have, have some like real like re- real weird cognitive dissonance going on I, with how they and others react to those movies it is uh, and so this is our way of announcing that the, you'll have noticed in the episode name, this is in fact episode 15A, we will be doing episode 15B, yes. where we uh, will watch the full restoration, four hours uh, of Greed, and then uh, when the Snyder Cut is released, we will we will watch the Snyder Cut, yeah. and uh, we, we will see how that changed our opinion of the film. I don't want to call a shot, but I think I will in that podcast say, do you remember two years ago when when I said I think it will be a very different film but bad in totally different ways yep. I think I'll I'll say I was right when I said that that's what I think I will say yeah I am uh, completely on board with you that said the idea that this being some big kind of Wagnerian epic of the god struggle i see how it could be good yeah you know yeah. i'm not when i went to see justice league i didn't i went like no, just we didn't like you know uh, like should have been nicer at, to his wife like at, like good film like yeah. at various points in my life he's made two movies which i have considered to be like my favorite movies at, yeah. at certain points so he, he made serenity he made the avengers when i was a teenager i couldn't think of any movies that were more awesome than serenity or the avengers i'm still a big Buffy fan, even though I know a lot of people aren't, aren't, aren't so hot on that anymore. Oh. I think Angel's great, I think Firefly's great. I enjoy aspects of Dollhouse. 
I think he, he. I think he's he's got a he's got a a career of of really good work behind him. Well, I I like I I've been thinking a lot about Joss Whedon in yeah. the build in the build up to this episode, uh, and I what I what I, uh, I I've also I've been having a tough time uh, emotionally, um, just outside of this, and, and so uh, and and we, we've already talked about the missions impossible, and so I've been rewatching Mission Impossible films and Mission Impossible three, the worst Mission Impossible film with the best performance, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, uh, uh, is that that film gets by a like isn't great time has not treated it well mm. but also you see and go like also this is kind of a defining aesthetic text of action films going forward and that's right, how yeah. I think a lot now um, about Joss Whedon's work is that I think time hasn't been great to a lot to it mm. um, and I think a lot it has become more and more kind of annoying feminism 101 which to be clear feminism good but like we need to go deeper into issues yeah um uh, but like everyone on tv and in film talks like a buffy character now yes. the innovate the marvel's innovation was to make every character talk like they're in buffy and it's like it's 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 that direct a uh, connection that's the reason iron man broke out <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so like we got to give him that. Um, pity he's also a bastard. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, so we start um, with two kids filming Superman on their phone. They're filming him for their podcast, famous video medium podcast. Yeah. Um, you'll rec- you'll it's, a, rec- it's a vertical video. Uh, these fucking idiot children. Uh, and they're like, "Hey, Superman, uh, what does your S stand for?" And he's like, "It stands for freedom." And no, it stands like, for hope. Stands for hope. And they're like, "But it looks like an S." And he's like, "Bro, it looks like a fucking river. It's, it's like <laughs> windy and shit." And they're like, "Oh, wow." And then they're like, "What do you like about humanity?" And and he, he just sort of stares off. Of- I, well, I've I've heard many reads of this moment mm. that that he stares off, unable to answer, and, and having having now seen this beat three times, yeah. uh, once the first time I saw it, twice to check that the video file was yeah. working, um, and the third time now is that I I see he gives a small smile, and what I think the intent of that moment is is just like, oh, actually, there's so much, right? Yeah, and yeah. or or like what he's really thinking is like Lois Lane, you know, but like in a nice way, he's like he's thinking of, but. Because the film is so strange, and because it immediately cuts to a morbid, bizarre <laughs> opening credit sequence about social unrest, it really does seem like he's saying, "Like I, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. This, this, this is all shit. You and you, little kids, podcasters, you, you you're garbage." And he, I did it, feel like he was talking to us directly. Yeah. Um, and, and like Henry Cavill, if you're listening, you seem like a cool dude. I love it when you reload your arms. One of the great moments of movie trailers is him oh, reloading his and, arms. And in action. Yeah, but it doesn't have the like reloading sound effects in the actual movie. Oh, that fight, mates. It's on Netflix. Look, there's, there's, so, there's so many good bathroom fights in cinema. That's one of the ones you have to see. Yeah, that, there's also a terrible bathroom fight in uh, uh, in, in uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was just, I just want to say, the bathroom fight in Casino Royale good bathroom fight mm. in the high contrast black and white by Martin Campbell the best director to come out of New Zealand and so on um, etc 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 I should know etc and today I'll ask Briar after um, anyway um, 
Oh, uh, then it's like, oh, Superman's dead because Superman died. Uh, Michael Mutant, Mike, um, Jesse Eisenberg, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg mutated. Oh my okay, god, so who Batman gives a shit? Superman, Dawn of Justice, Jesse Eisenberg giving the worst performance of his career. Yeah, he puts some of his blood into Michael Shannon and then pops it in a bloody. Kryptonian Genesis chamber to create a mutant Michael Shannon, which is called like Apocalypse. Yeah, he's called a no, no, it's something like that. Um, it's the it's Doomsday. Oh, because right, it's the yes. guy who yeah, killed yeah. Superman Do- in Doom, the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he creates Doomsday, which is like a big, uh, big, big monster boy. Uh, then some uh, shitty fighting happens, and uh, uh, it ends with Superman uh, sacrificing his life to destroy Doomsday. And now he's yep. dead, and it's very sad. Um, and, uh, but but anyway, so uh, then we cut to old Gotham City, um, where Batman is fighting with a thug who uh, played by uh, played by TV's Mindhunter. Yeah, uh, and also just bloody loves. Ex- That's not the Mindhunter. Yeah, it's it's a guy from Mindhunter who wasn't in who wasn't in. Uh, it's a guy who's not Jonathan Groff. Oh yeah, but, but Jonathan Groff is the mind hunter, though. No, he he's the apprentice mind hunter. Ah, uh, yeah, the, the, you're the, right. You're right. Holt McElhenney or whatever is the main mind hunter. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I be- I believe yeah. you. Another good Anna Torv joint. Oh, um, oh, oh, right, right. That's right. oh, that's right. We were talking off mic about French. Yeah. check out French. Do do. The theme to Fringe, composed by J.J. Abrams, his uh, major piece of artistic output I have the least uh, complex feelings about. That's how it ends. Batman's on a roof. There's a very uh, lame fight scene where he fights Holt McElhinney and uh, and uses him as bait. Yeah, for he, fear he, he hangs him off a roof, and then like a demon comes up, and then Batman jumps on the demon and flies around on the fucking demon. Yeah, and then there's a two hours more of the movie. And uh, I mean, uh, shite, uh, <laughs> shite. No, uh, yeah, there, are demons coming. They want the mother boxes. The Wonder Woman people have them. The Aquaman people have them. Batman needs to get a team together. Uh, he he gets a team together. There are various scenes and like. Uh, who gives a shit it's an unrelenting sequence of events but like the textural thing you need to understand is that what it what most of the film is people being like so we're gonna do this fight and then being like I mean Ezra Miller being like I don't feel good I'm young Sheldon Sheldon I'm little Sheldon big Sheldon now big Sheldon young Sheldon big Sheldon young Sheldon he was standing up and sitting down while he's doing it it was very good piece of physical comedy Rosamund Pike in Radioactive is basically playing young Sheldon for most of that movie weird performance but it's good by the end of it is that you have you have either clearly wholly new scenes yeah. um, uh, shot on TV scale sets <laughs> where they say kind of like Joss Whedon first draft dialogue it's like I've lost all hope for this planet and then Alfred says like but it hasn't lost hope for you and you're like yeah yeah I know I've seen yeah. superhero films it's 20 fucking it's like hey Joss get, get, get fucking Jane Espenson in here for a rewrite hey fucking I need to watch Warehouse 13 I've, I've still never seen it yeah no. I like I believe in like fuck Jane Espenson uh, done, 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 done a whole lot of good work and just a genuine inspiration mm. to me because she's 
seems like just a cool lady. Yeah. But it's, yeah, these serious scenes or reshot scenes, but within the serious scenes, you'll then get cuts away to, to yeah, Ezra Miller doing his, uh, hey, what, what, what Finn just did. Yeah. And it just these jokes that, and it is jokes like, uh, lunch. Do you know what's crazy about lunch? Uh, brunch. It's like lunch, but yeah, you've got to wait for an hour. And it's just like, oh, I understand how on the page this seems like a joke. Yeah. But the only thing I can compare Ezra Miller to is Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> yeah. Because well, like Jar Jar Banks, oh, okay, Ezra Miller is, is not playing a racist caricature, but they are clearly there to be the joke person. Well, I think it is a little, I think Ezra Miller's doing like a, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm a neurotic Jewish person kind of thing. But I believe Ezra Miller is Jewish. Yes. But like, like he'd yeah. still be a caricature if the actor is actually Jewish. No. 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 No one. No. No. That, that, that's why every single. No! Sp- <laughs> that's why every single black exploitation movie is totally non problematic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, is it, is it, yeah, He's fucking shitty. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know you you know I agree with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, is the uh, <laughs> and it is it is just so it is genuinely like a at points it feels like a fan edit. It feels oh, like I, I, absolutely. It, do you know about that edit of Avengers Endgame? The the people who are like mad about women being in the movie made. Uh, no. Okay. No, I'm going to tell you about it, even though I can tell from your face you don't want me to. <laughs> I can just, uh, like, I, no, tell me, because yeah, so uh, it's a good conversation. Uh, I just, I know what you're going to say, you know? Yeah. So, like, just after Avengers Endgame came out, I think, yeah. like, I think like less than a month after after it came out, uh, uh, th- th- there was a thing that went up on Pirate Bay, which is called Avengers Endgame Defeminized Fan Edit. So he, 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 uh, Okay, just before we get into this, yeah. just so to make sure we're at a consensus point, I don't consider Avengers Endgame particularly feminized or no. feminist at all no i would neither. call it regressive and masculine yeah yes okay cool just to, just to check we're so, we're in on the same so level he, 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 uh, here here's a description in game but shorter no feminism no gay shit less boring filler less sniffing its own farts less constant quips and other small changes changes in no particular order absolutely no brie larson not neither, neither in the beginning nor in the finale. Most quips edited out to give more consistent, serious tone. E.g., Fortnite dab America's ass. M.D. Gauntlet snap. No Hawkeye training his daughter. A young woman should learn skills to become good wives and mothers and leave a fighting to men. No woman leader conference. No gay support group talk. Uh, moping dialogue filler in first act severely reduced. Time travel happens after thirty minutes. Any science babble that isn't necessary to understand the story is gone. Uh, nothing takes you out of a movie quite like. Science. Tony doesn't ask his wife's permission to save the universe. Female sorceress gets scared of Hulk and just gives him the just gives him the stone. Just like a whole bunch of shit. Valkyrie's barely in it. Uh, doesn't become queen. Valkyrie doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like a whole bunch of like like so, so someone saw Endgame and immediately said, "I know what we have to do with this," and spent you know the next few weeks just cutting every single woman out of a movie. I, um, I think that brings me to like. So that, 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 that's, that's what Justice League feels like. Uh, what Justice League feels like. I want to put a pin in that list because I have a thought that I want to return to, which I think can actually kind of cover Justice League. Because, <laughs> fa- like, who gives a shit about the pocket of Justice League? It's one of those films where, like, I love spectacle, I love action, sci fi, but so yeah. much of this film is just. 
pixels and you don't know what's happening and you don't care. Like all the, like you said during it. Oh no, you, uh, uh, this, I'm um, to quote your own review of Batman vs Superman back at you. Like Justice League is what all the pearl clutching reviews of the good Marvel films. Yeah. Like, uh, Ant-Man or, or, or Guardian, Ant-Man and the Wasp or Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2 they're a good but I, I don't want us to seem like Marvel fanboys yeah, like no, which we're, we're, we're not no there, there's a, I hate Endgame that is my that I I genuinely hate that film it actually makes me quite upset that the world loved that film um, because it's one of those like am I taking crazy pill right, moments yeah. it's that Justice League feels like like there are those pearl cutting reviews of Marvel films that's just like it's just empty spectacle saying nothing with no ideas in its head and it's like no 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 that's actually that is what the Snyder DC films are that's what like that is what Justice League is but no what it feels like to me uh, is uh, do you know when they oh maybe you're a bit too young for this but like how they initially released things like like uh, Gundam and like Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet on VHS was to edit several episodes together into a disjointed movie right to like a 90 minute um, hour to 90 minute long movie it feels like that it feels like there was a an okay mid-budget Justice League TV show, um, and this is the first twelve episodes cut down into a film, right? Yeah, and yeah. the way that it just keeps jumping, and there are so many people, but you don't care about any of them because it hasn't done any legwork. And it is that weird thing watching this where you start with like everyone's so sad about Superman dying, but I remember no one like ugh. yeah. In, in, in the first movies, no one fucking likes Superman. Yeah. Now he's dead, and this movie opens with a slow motion, sad pop song montage of <laughs> everything in the world being terrible now because Superman's dead. And like, those... and it's like there's a scene of like someone like committing crime. It's like this sort of implication of it was like they wouldn't have committed a crime if Superman was alive. And You're like, no, but Superman stops crime. <laughs> but also like cutting from that to uh, a news anchor being like, huh, this. This guy said he saw an alien. He's crazy. He's just like, no, the, but isn't the world grieving because Superman, an alien, saved the world from an alien yeah. a couple of years after he saved you from all those aliens? And, like, Batman has been around for ages. For, for, like, for, for 20 years. Uh, he made Gili and then went right into Batmaning. Jersey Girl is, is the one to pick. That's from like 2000, right? They made them right after each other because oh, right. uh, Jello is in that also. Right, yes, she is. She sadly deceased in that one. Yeah, but well, that was supposed to be the twist until everyone turned against yeah, Geely. Yeah. And yeah, then, right, they, then they started advertising, it's like, oh, she dies early in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, oh, I am looking at it retrospect because I loved Kevin Smith at the time. Mm. Well, I think that, and why are we fucking talking about Jersey Girl? So, like, well, the whole thing about Jersey your... Jersey Girl's fine, George Carlin's good in it. About your, your, your endgame edit yeah. uh, uh, discussion. Yeah, uh, well, not... Not my end game edit. I didn't make it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not taking responsibility for that. No, no, no. This is this is like in a film where you slipped once and said I instead of <laughs> they, and it's all. Yeah, I mean, it turns out. Oh no, I was Carrie Elways the whole time. <laughs> yeah, man, it's true. What? 
Oh, uh, right. Kiss for Girls. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I, thought, is, uh, I uh, thought you were misremembering the ending of Saw, no. then I realised you haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen Kiss for Girls either. With that edit, that is uh, one of the many, like the campaign release the Snyder Cut, which then manifested real because it was pushed by mm. Snyder himself uh, and, and uh, Ray Fisher, uh, both for personal reasons and, and kind of in ways, I think, looking entirely at them as men, yeah. uh, like as individuals, I think understandable emotional reasons um uh, i don't think it's a good idea but i understand why they're both pushing for it but it is the peak uh, of how nerds are ruining culture yeah yeah um and, and i say this as one nerd talking to another word on a nerd podcast yes. uh sorry a nerdist podcast no, <laughs> no. no absolutely not no I, I mean i love no i mean jonah ray yeah he's great uh, check out Mystery Science Theatre: The Return. Yeah, it's 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 a super fun show. Lot, 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 lots of hilarious jokes. Yeah, there's, um, there's, 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 there's a great rap about uh, about different monsters. Yeah, it's Reptilicus uh, is silly, but it really illustrates a great array of monsters all over the place. <laughs> We live in a point where all the people in charge are nerds and all the people they listen to are nerds and they all grew up being bullied for being nerds. Mm. uh, And so they were like, fuck you. When we have power, we're going to show you. We're not going to listen to anyone. And so they're now producing work that nerds think nerds want. And that is things like Avengers Endgame or that edit. And like Justice League is the peak of that. It is Zack Snyder going like well this is what my nerdery wants and then Joss Whedon coming in going like oh this is what the public nerdery wants it wants the darkness then cut to like uh, at brunch why why put bananas with bacon that's two bees and you know what happens when bees are around they sting you and you're just like no and like that that like that is uh, that, that is a funnier more coherent joke <laughs> than anything Ezra Miller does in the film like this film oh no no except, except for, for, for one joke which I liked the, yeah the dust Joke. Yeah, joke. Yeah, no, uh, uh, I, I agreed. We both agreed that that is the best joke in Justice League, which is a small mercy, but yeah. also kind of a There's a scene where he, he's, just re- he's just rescued some Russian people yeah. from, I don't know, like magical space pillars or something, yeah. and he, he's trying to say goodbye to them, but he doesn't know any Russian, and so he just waves and says, Dostoevsky, and then runs away. <laughs> and... <laughs> Ezra Miller as the Flash doing quips is not a bad idea. Yeah. Like if they ever make the Ezra Miller Flash film, like barring the fact that Ezra Miller mm. is is kind of gross and that he's working with it on Grant Morrison, who's also kind mm. of gross, and like all the management structure at, at DC, at, both at this point and during the making and remaking of Justice League, are kind yeah. of gross. I do kind of want to see an Ezra Ezra Miller Flash film. Yeah, um, uh, as and much as furious as that must make Grant. Gustin, who's he's the Flash, isn't he? He's he's the other Barry Allen. I don't know Barry. Oh, from from, from a TV show, The Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant Gustin. Oh, is he called that because because he goes so far as like a gust of wind? Yep. Yeah. That's the only reason he was cast. Well, like people people like the Flash verse. Hmm. People love those shows, yeah, and it, I and I believe I believe that they do. Yeah. I've, n- people like Arrow, people like Supergirl, I, yeah, people and, like Legends of Tomorrow, and the only extended 
part of any of those shows I've seen is the one spectacularly bad CG sequence from one episode of Supergirl, oh, okay. where it is very clear that there was like one special effects artist who had like two days right, no, to I, do I, this. I think I've, I think I've and, a, and, a, that, and, yeah. and all you can do watch it is be like, this is bad. The person responsible for this must feel terrible, <laughs> but like feel terrible yeah. in a like they couldn't do it you know uh, yeah. uh, I, um, I still want to punch James Corden <laughs> Justice League is not a film about anything except being uh, cool and being a superhero film yeah. like the Justice League if anything about a film is like going like oh here's some other stuff Avengers could have done and like Avengers is a vapid film but at least it's but it's super fun and everyone is is charismatic as hell and every action beat you're like yeah. this whips yes whereas in this like from watching it on the big screen there are clearly Snyder directed sequences especially the stuff around the Batmobile mm. and the final showing where he's driving through the wreckage which looks great and when it's all around you it's cool but like a lot of the rest of the time like what what I kept saying to you while we were watching this film is like the thing you would if you were given reshoots to fix this film you don't add dialogue you just add better fights like cooler yeah. stunts you add like yeah like that, that like that is the major like yeah well like, not the but like that, that that's one of the like major things I noticed like watching the Snyder movies over, over the last day the action scenes are not interesting I mean it's, it's partially because I don't care about the fucking characters yeah but like I don't think there's a single moment of tension in any of the fight scenes over any of those three movies uh, there's nothing more like oh like that that's an incredible feat of like athletics or martial arts or even like like, what a striking image you know you never get something as cool as as tony stark jumping off stark tower and the suit forming around him you don't get anything you don't get the one of them all fighting together you don't like you don't you you don't have scott adkins beating some dudes (laughs) yeah um or like that yeah and it is and like it and like you well, could I, I, forgive I, I, almost every one of these films, yeah. since, including the f- the nerd bullshit I just said, where which my conclusion is genuinely like, and nerds are growing up now not being bullied, <laughs> and like that's good for society, and bullying is bad. Yeah, but I think it's the death of culture. The fact that jocks are nerds now is like fuck. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It, no. Like all of popular culture is based around fan service. Yeah. Is uh, fucking terrifying. For me, when people go to entertainment, when they watch films, when they read books, they are looking for one of two things. You are looking for comfort or change. Yeah. Um. Which is like excitement or interest. And this film contains neither, and and it and it provides neither. And its best avenue is interest. Is like you've got like a 250 million dollars like it should be like a thing i love saying shitty thing i love saying the most when i'm talking about film on twitter is people um, be like yeah what is dunkirk dunkirk is is it's like it's well achieved but it it has no theme and that is a film about an event that requires theme as opposed to tenant where theme would work against it but anyway just to justify liking tenant pro tenant podcast and people like well dunkirk looks good we're like dunkirk cost 150 million dollars if it didn't look good yeah like if, if you if i gave a toddler 150 million dollars they could make a film that looks good as if they had a good producer attached you know <laughs> and so yeah, it no. is 
look, this is a very talented toddler. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the baby geniuses. Yeah. And uh, the one, one of the ones who can do kung fu. Yeah. And also, they made a very good decision. And, like, they hired a good cinematographer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, oh, right. The ba- I thought you were talking about baby geniuses. No, the no. I, was like, I don't remember. No, 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 no. The baby who's directing this $100 million, $150 million movie. Yeah. The, yeah. They're, they're like, hmm. They got Christopher Doyle on board. Yeah. <laughs> they got um, Willie Fister. Yeah. They, 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 Wally. They got Michael Ballhouse. They got uh, Harris Savides. They got Greg Toland, who, who's got Citizen Kane. Um, they got they got they got James Wong Howe. They got uh, uh, um, the sense of collaborative cinematography that Paul Thomas Anderson did on Phantom Thread. They've got all thirty of the cinematographers from Bad Boy Bubby. <laughs> Uh, they uh, anyway, you know, um, Bad Boy Bobby had, had a different cinematographer of each location, huh. so, so each like each like area of a movie would have like a totally different feel because it's about like oh, Bobby yeah. like exploring the world for like, the first time. Yeah, like uh, that's one of the things that really like Decalogue. Uh, each of those ten films right. has a different cinematographer, yeah, and it really man Decalogue, Snyder DC and. Justice League especially, like, everything would be forgiven, including the nerd bullshit, as I was saying, if it was cool or fun. Yeah. And, and... And it is, and it just isn't. Just, like, have some good sh- or Like, if, if I were making Justice League, I would simply put good shit in it. Yeah, and yeah it, same, same. And it is that thing, like, there's, there's, the ban- there's a bank robbery fight scene that Wonder Woman interrupts, and it looks like a scene from the Wonder Woman TV show. And I'm like, no, wait, give me... Sp- you have the resources to spend a day on giving us one, like, sweet-ass shot where, yeah. off the top of my head, she, like, uses a lasso to grab a chandelier, and she pulls it, and the guy thinks he's dodged, and it's like, ha-ha, but actually... Whoop, it comes back and smacks him in the face like a pendulum. Like, just just do shit like that. Don't do just, like, guns and punching. Yeah, but but also, sometimes Wonder Woman moves fast. Yeah. Almost as if that action scene was possibly shot for the Flash. Um... I think I heard that somewhere. Right. Um, and it is like, and watching, I, I got that thought very quickly and I was like, it would not, like, they're actually, it wouldn't take much. Yeah. You know? Um, and like, that scene wants so badly to be the opening of Dark Knight. What? Oh, uh, like yeah. yeah, that just seems unfair. And like, I don't even love Dark Knight that much. Batman Begins is my boy in that race. Okay. Um, I like Dark Knight is too long, and oh, okay. and like obviously Heath is great, and, and God love Aaron Eckhart going Rachel is the peak of modern cinema. Yeah, um, but like even like the the reason Nolan film the Nolan Batman films work even when they don't like Dark Knight Rises is that they still have just bits that just kick ass. I've I've made that point so many yeah. times, but, but I like, just cannot... It, it's, I think it's worth continuing to make that point, because, like, that is the thing that Zack Snyder fucking continues well, to miss. And, like, and like, Dawn of the Dead, for its time, had moments like that. Time yeah. has not treated it well. Sucker Punch, while politically, I find it... Um, at best questionable and at worst abhorrent has moments like, well, that. like 300 which is like not, not not really a good movie in any sense but like it is a lot of fun to oh, watch yeah like, i would say the like 300 is the definition of a film in dusk till dawn style that is bad but kicks butt yeah, like it's yeah. like if it's like if Zack snyder had stopped after 300 people would remember him fondly yeah and and like let's not talk about watchmen because 
I have incredibly strong feelings about oh, that that shouldn't exist at all, and that adapting Watchmen uh, is is a fool's errand. Right. Um. Uh, and, and that everything that people like about the Lindelof TV show would have been good in a show that didn't come from Watchmen. Right. Um. Uh. uh, uh and like my my struggle with that show is. Well, I mean, first off, it was up against the final season of Mr. Robot, probably the best season of television ever produced. Um, I think you're thinking about season two of The Young Ones. Oh, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm taking it into, like, they're very different. <laughs> nope. One of nope, them exactly the same. Has, an ep- has an episode with absolutely no dialogue that's done so masterfully that the first time you watch it, and I, I've experienced this myself and seen it happen to other people, you do not notice that there is no dialogue in the yeah, episode. Yeah, but does it have Motorhead? Uh, young, the Young One Season 2 has Motorhead. Wanna, I'm, I mean... Uh, it's, it's, got, it's, got, it's got The Damned playing in one episode, doing okay. a song they wrote specifically for that episode. Okay, that's good. Mr. Robot Season 4 has an episode that's essentially a two-hander um, about the awkwardness of a lesbian relationship that ends with a heartbreaking sequence of perfectly choreographed action to the, almost the entirety of Run Away With Me by Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, but does it have Alexis Sale as, as a South African vampire? I mean, that saying does it have Alexis Sale as a ridiculous thing is like, well, have, have you considered Revelation of the Dalek? that has Alexi Sale as an American DJ in it. I mean, Revelation of the Daleks is good. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's the best and the worst season ever of Doctor Who. Anyway, uh, let's do the rest of the plot of Justice League. Batman gets together a team. They're like, oh, we're a team. We've got to work together. Yeah, nah. They bring back Superman. Superman like, I'm bad. Nah, yeah, he Superman's good. Superman's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight you guys now. And so they destroy a monument to the victims of Superman from the first movie, yep. which they also destroyed in the second movie, showing maybe the, the like most callousness of movies ever had uh, to its own uh, tragedies. Um, and then... Uh, then, then, then Superman uh, sees his girlfriend and is like, oh, no, I'm not bad anymore because yep. I saw my girlfriend. Uh, um, and then he's like, uh, you guys go start the fight. I'll only show up when you need to win it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a farm for a bit. That's, that's what I'm that's what I'm, all, I'm all about farms now. Yeah. Because uh, like, the thing is, I, I don't even need like, a tractor or anything. I can just pull a plow by myself. Well, and, like, uh, I, Someone's over here, I save. Well, and this and these farm scenes, like Look, the I'm, farm I'm the most scenes. Efficient grain, I'm the most efficient wheat farmer in, 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 in all of Kansas. And, and the <laughs> that's good that's a great joke uh, and these farm scenes like the farm scenes of Man of Steel are beautiful yep. like there, there are moments when this film knows how to you know just reshoot bits of Days of Heaven but yeah. man it looks great yeah, yeah. Um, it, like I've, I've seen I've seen one Terrence Malick film so far yeah. and Okay, uh, is it uh, the one that came out this year? Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yep. Cool. And yeah, uh, oh. and even just having that, having seen that one Terrence Malick thing, like, oh yeah, this this is where like like Man of Steel got got its entire like like uh, its entire yeah. cinematography style from. Uh, yeah, and then their big fight, and like this is the half of the film where they overstress the point that Superman is much more powerful than them. Yeah. So it does very much seem like Superman, the god from space, and four BMX bandits. <laughs> uh, and then they're fighting, and then Superman comes, uh, and then it ends 
and then uh, there's a joke about Superman and the Flash was it, racing. Do you remember like how Superman finally defeats uh, Steppenwolf, the bad guy we haven't talked about? The film barely talks about him. Yeah, yeah. No, and and like we won't talk about him again because no. he's not going to be the villain in Zack Snyder's Justice League: The Snyder Cut. It's like so he he's got like a big axe and keeps hitting people with it. Yeah, but um and so in, in the final fight, the, the the way that Superman defeats him <laughs> is that he's raising his axe up and Superman breathes cold breath yep. of how we have not seen Superman. Use ever before? No, uh, I mean, I, I well, would... no, not not in these three movies. Oh no, 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 no. So he he he's out of nowhere, breathes uh, some uh, incredibly dumb-looking cold breath. Yeah, because they're the just ice league. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it freezes it, it freezes the axe, and then Wonder Woman comes up with a sword, and she shatters the axe, and then Steppenwolf's like, "Oh no, I'm scared now!" And all my yep. henchmen they they attack things that are scared, and so he gets killed by his own dumb uh, steampunk goggle demon henchmen. Yeah, the pa- the parademons. Par- like Finn, uh, riddle me this <laughs> Justice yep. League. It's, it's it's a small pal, Ed, Edward Nigler. He's back again. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yeah. Happy, happy to call in. Yep. It's me, the Riddler, Eduardo Nigmoski. Um. Oh, there. I'm not sure about that joke. Eh? I mean, uh, I'm 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 the Riddler, not the Joker. That's why. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll riddle me this. The film Justice League, Joss Whedon's Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut, the Whedon Cut. Yep. Is it shite or sound? Uh, unless in, in this is some sort of uh, uh, some sort of like devious trick question, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's shite. Aha! Uh-huh, it was a devious trick question. By answering that, uh, something uh, a crime has happened. Oh no! I've hung up on you. <laughs> hey, Yuffie, you're back. Yeah, no, I, I was I was there the whole time. I'm st- I just yeah, I yeah, like but, but, but you, you like to talk but, to our callers. Yeah, also you are scared of the sound of phones ringing. <laughs> yeah. So every time we get a call, you have to put your fingers in your ears. <laughs> um, hey, it's me, the red light. Got back on the oh, line. No, no well, I just got. I've got a question for you. So hi, yeah. you. Uh, hi, red light. How are you doing? Nice to see you. We talk often, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. Riddle me this, you so shite. Justice League. Was it shite or sound? Shite. Uh, thank you. Um, I'll be going now to complete the crime that Finn helped me do. Bye. Thanks, Ed. See you later. Bye. Uh, uh, oh, I just, sorry, I, I, I can't hit the button not to turn it. I'll just, uh, see, I'm the Riddler, not the, the phone user. And, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, I, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hang up on you. I mean, no, you can, it'll be fine. No, you, no, right. no, 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 I want to, I. It's always nice to hear from him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for, 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 for like a for like a supervillain, he's he's a he's a he's a good he's a good guy. He like the thing I like about him is that he gives us clues. Like Mr. Policeman, you could have saved her and yep. gave you all th- Oh my god. That was that movie <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. The Max Landis patch of <laughs> Snowman where it's like, okay. But then he turns up to the house where he's gonna throw this and this guy you know, the f- the stepfather to his child is dressed all in green. And he's limping. He hasn't been limping before. And there's a cane in shot. And we pan up. The cane is a question mark. That's right. He's been the Riddler all along. Oh, he, he would make so much money from selling that. I mean, that, like, we are, okay, after the success of Joker, man, I cannot wait to see, let's say, Finn Wolfhard as the baby Riddler, and uh, America Ferreira as Bane, um, <laughs> I, Bane gender flipped, I'm interested in that, casting an actual Latina or Latino person as Bane, I, I'd like to see that too. Sure, I, I'm, like, I'm not sure America Ferreira can bulk up enough to play Bane. 
I, I don't, I don't see that as an intrinsic. I do that as an mm. intrinsic part of. Yeah, it is, yeah. The part, part of Bane is that he can break Batman's back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like look. Okay, then it, it's like look. It's, it's much like Danny DeVito. He couldn't play Kingpin. <laughs> He 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 would give it a good shot. Okay, he he would give it a good shot, but he couldn't quite pull off the physicality of it. I do what? He's perfect no. for Penguin. Okay, uh, um, and other DC villains. So Firefly will obviously be. It'll be the guy from Band Al City. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the second time I've made that joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. In fact, no, you just like that. You like the song. Um, no, uh... You do. You love our city. I spend my time thinking, what if the Postal Service but had nothing interesting going on? What are we watching next week, Finn? Next week we are watching the 1968 Soviet film The Color of Pomegranates. It's a movie about a poet. So with that, uh, we are going to watch the 1995 movie Total Eclipse, in which a young Leonardo DiCaprio plays the French symbolist poet Arthur Rimbaud. Uh, opposite David Thalulis as Paul Verlaine. We had never heard oh. of this film. Very excited yep. to see it. All of my favorite punk musicians are based there. Are based their like uh, based their looks on uh, these two poets, so uh, yeah. they're excited about that. So you can find me uh, on, on Twitter, Instagram, um, wherever at Youthalives. You check L I V E S. Where and can you, people find you? Uh, don't know. You can find the podcast at Shite Sound Pod on Twitter. And at shiteandsoundpod at gmail.com. And check out our website at shiteandsound.com. And if you like the show, which you do for listening this far, tell a friend. Yep. Uh, rate, review, like, and subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Our theme song is. Get ready the... for more unboxing videos. <laughs> <laughs> our theme song. <laughs> I don't know why you'd just be so un- like I can in my head your unboxing video is <laughs> like you're opening it then a little plastic gets caught you can't find the tab and it's just like you've been just getting more irritated just like oh fuck that come on fucking oh, come like, on fuck I've, I, I've, I've considered being one of those guys who like unboxes like criterion things and I was like no, no I'd get so mad yeah. I'd be so boring <laughs> yeah and that, this like, is like this is the worst thing I could possibly do um Bob, fucking Bob Saget would come back and start calling you gay again. <laughs> I mean, but the, at this point in your life, you can be like, Mr. Saget, that's not an insult. So I respect your work in the film The Aristocrats. I enjoy your telling of that particular joke. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 do not, I do not enjoy your homophobia, sir. <laughs> and he's like, okay, bye. Our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam. Check him out on Bandcamp. And that just leaves our famous every film catchphrase, movies are good. Even bad ones. Go watch them. amazing atheist is that he looks enough like me that about once a year yeah. I will get like a high school friend being like hey you look like this guy and I've got to be like don't ever say that to me um, so I climb down the internet through Facebook Messenger yep. and I appear out next to them in like 
Yeah, you, Petone. You, well, first of all, you, you send him a videotape, <laughs> and it's just you like climbing out of a well, <laughs> and like you just being like, oh, look, yeah. at those, look at those, look at those centipedes. I want you to ah. remember that you're the one editing this episode. Oh no, this is going to be fucking hell. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and so then uh, after you pointed at the centipedes, be like, huh? I'm I'm his free. You you uh, you you climb you climb out of their Facebook, and uh, 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 and then you I don't know turn them into soup. 